More at sacredheartradio.com. the 14th of November. Let's begin together in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, you are our life and our resurrection. God of life eternal, we place all our hope in you. Hear our prayers in our last hours and bring us to heaven with you. Source of all joy, consolation, and sorrow, receive the souls of the faithful departed into your everlasting rest. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and may perpetual light shine upon them. Father of all who are perfectly just and perfectly merciful, remember your covenant with your children, that those souls who linger in purgatory for their purification may be swiftly drawn to perfect happiness with the saints in heaven. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. It is a better way to start a Tuesday, the Sunrise Morning Show. Glad you're here with us on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has got uh, got our video feed up and running so that you can watch us, if you feel so led, through the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. No, it's not that Travis, but it is a Travis. Rita Heikenfeld has some recipes for you to help get your Thanksgiving banquet uh, on track before everybody gets there. She's got some great make-ahead stuff this morning. Marlon De La Torre will join us from knowingisdoing.org. Uh, Father Sebastian Walsh uh, is going to talk about the Beatitudes today. We'll also look at the ancient city of Alexandria and how it was an early center of Christianity with Mike Aquilina. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. The Biden administration is saying Israel must not reoccupy Gaza when the conflict between Israel and Hamas comes to an end. State Department spokesman Matthew Miller told reporters there should be no reoccupation or reduction in Gaza territory. This coming after Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Israel will retain overall security control in Gaza. He also said he does not support a Palestinian Authority-led government after the war ends breaking with the Biden administration's position. The Custos of the Holy Land has appealed for the indiscriminate bombing of Gaza to stop. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. The Custos of the Holy Land, Father Francesco Patton, has reiterated that the fighting in the Strip must spare civilian lives. Tutti quanti per far cessare. Everyone must cooperate to stop the bombing of civilians. We must begin to consider the human person as sacred again. The Italian Franciscan friar participated in the 16th day of the Association of the Holy Land, which took place at the Pontifical University Antonianum in Rome on the 11th of November. In an interview he granted to Vatican News on the sidelines of the event, Father Patton stressed the urgent need to save and protect all human lives, which he recalled are sacred for Jews, Christians and Muslims. 
asked about the situation of the small Christian community living under the bombs in Gaza, most of which is currently sheltering in the Roman Catholic Church of the Holy Family. Father Paton expressed his hope that at least places of worship are respected. As for the future, the Custos said he feared that once the war is over, there will be a new exodus of Christians. Many no longer feel safe, especially those who have families who do not want their children to grow up in an environment of hatred, he explained. However, Father Paton highlighted that it is vital for Christians to stay, also noting that they have an important role to play as bridges between Palestinians and Israelis. If they leave, he said, the space for coexistence will be further reduced. I am Lisa Zingarini. A British infant has died after being taken off life support by court order. The Catholic News Agency reports that Indy Gregory died in her mother's arms in hospice in the overnight hours Monday. She was eight months old. The Italian government had granted her Italian citizenship and offered to pay to have her transported to the Vatican Children's Hospital, Bambino Gesù. But her parents lost their appeal in court and she was taken off life support over the weekend. The U.S. bishops begin their fall general assembly in earnest today. They gathered together for mass and prayer in Baltimore yesterday on the feast of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. The mass was offered for peace and reconciliation in a troubled world. USCCB Pres- President Archbishop Timothy Brolio said in his homily, quote, St. Francis Cabrini even obliged the poor to give from their poverty to help those more needy than they. It was also a way of insisting on the dignity of all and the common responsibility for others. It is a message that is very appropriate today and every day, he said. Charity demands our attention to the little ones, the weak, the simple, fraternal correction and unlimited pardon to those who ask, end quote. The public sessions of the bishop's meeting will take place today and tomorrow and will be live streamed on the U.S. bishop's site. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries is suggesting Democrats could support the Republican stopgap bill to prevent a government shutdown on Friday. Over the weekend, House Speaker Mike Johnson laid out a short-term plan to extend government funding through February. On Monday, Jeffries sent a letter to all House Democrats saying, quote, we are carefully evaluating the proposal set forth by Republican leadership and discussing it with members, end quote. The House is set to take up Johnson's bill this week. And new consumer price numbers will be out this morning. Analysts are expecting they will show inflation cooling. The consensus is that prices rose a tenth of a percent in October over September and 3.3% over the same time last year. The report will factor heavily into the Federal Reserve's next decision on interest rates. Today is Tuesday, November the 14th. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on EWTN Radio. We'll be back with Rita Heikenfeld right after this. Support is from Affirm Films comes Journey to Bethlehem, a Christmas musical film for the whole family. This wasn't a dream. An angel came to me. You are in danger, Mary. This child... What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem, starring Fiona Palomo, Milo Mannheim, Lecrae, Joel Smallbone, and Antonio Banderas. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere now. Soundtrack also available. More information is at journeytobethlehem.com. 
I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests served for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Matt Swaim, joined now by Rita Heikenfeld from AboutEating.com. It's time for Bible Foods. Rita, how are you? I'm good, and boy, this is, I always think of All Souls Day, beginning of the holiday season when we start getting our pantries ready for the big day. Well, the Thanksgiving holiday is coming up, and, you know, to me, it's so easy to connect this idea of All Souls Day with food. Uh, You know, I have in, you know, my little shelf in my kitchen i got a, a a church cookbook from my grandmother right and i think you've probably got who knows how many scraps of paper from people who've gone on before and you know those when you break out those old family recipes it's a good reminder to you know kind of remember those people in prayer oh yeah those you know those recipes they call them cemetery um holy recipes and you're exactly right because they're usually hand and meaningful too and you know they work Indeed they do. Otherwise, we wouldn't still have them around. So Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people preparing, hopefully a little bit in advance so Thanksgiving doesn't sneak up on them. And they'll be using a lot of familiar seasonal herbs and spices, some of which show up in the Bible. So share a couple of those with us. Yeah. um, Oh, my goodness. More than uh, quite a few. um, uh, And some of these I'm going to use in this wonderful recipe for do-ahead gravy that I share every year. Uh, bay tree, you think about bay, and um, the bay tree during biblical times, Matt, as you know, was a symbol of wickedness um, or even conversely distinction and wealth. And the Romans believed that if you, uh, that lightning never struck the bay tree, so sometimes they wore crowns of its leaves uh, during thunderstorms to protect themselves. But here's the deal about bay. Um, if you've got bay, dried bay in your uh, pantry, take a dried bay leaf before you use it. Just pour a little boiling water over it in a cup. Let it infuse for a minute and give it a sniff. If there's no aroma, there's no flavor, so you need to buy new bay leaves. All right, that's a great tip because I've never known exactly how to tell when those bay leaves are done. <laughs> yeah. Because you, know, you, you get them sometimes in, like, the big container. Uh, but sage is one that, I mean, it's hard for me to not think about sage when it's this time of year. I mean, sage makes a stuffing. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And it seems like everybody uses it. It's a lovely, really warming herb. And, you know, there's a passage in Exodus that talks about a golden lampstand with branches that extend out from the stem. And um, biblical scholars, Matt, believe that that passage uh, refers to sage. Um, And the reason is, if you look at the menorah, the lampstand, when there's a Judean sage plant, and if you press it flat, um, you can see the stem and then the uh, six, the three branches on either side. So that's likened to the banora. But then here's the deal about sage. Um, unlike a lot of different herbs, I think sage has a stronger flavor, fresh than dried. I don't know about you. So um, if I use uh, fresh sage, I use um, less, actually. So it's the one herb that most of us, as you said, use in stuffing uh, for our turkey. But go to taste on sage because usually dried herbs have a stronger flavor because the moisture's out. But to me, sage has a, a stronger flavor fresh. So what do you think about that? 
Well, I agree. And uh, one trick that I've done a couple times, I might do it again this year, is if I'm adding sage to like a stuffing and I'm one for like a really savory one, sometimes I will chop up the fresh sage and saute it in a little butter till it gets kind of crispy, and then I add it in. I don't know if you've ever tried that, but it's amazing. No, what a good idea, because then that flavor really infuses and it won't be so strong. Good idea. Good stuff. Speaking of which, by the way, I... Mm-hmm. I always pick more time than I use because I love just like you know stripping the stripping the stems you mm-hmm. know and and the smell like the time is one that you can smell like a couple rooms away. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know it still grows wild um, in the hills of Jerusalem, and it was used by the Egyptians actually in, in embalming as well as flavoring for meats, and it's one of the herbs um, that is really integral to this do-ahead gravy recipe. All right, so let's get into this gravy recipe because this is the kind of thing that somebody could get started on now uh, and then, you know, be able to freeze it and then break it back out when it's time to use it. So tell us what's uh, what's in this. Yeah, and this, this is really one of my favorite recipes, too. I'm just going to give general information. I'll have the exact recipe on my site. You're going to take some turkey wings. Uh, you're going to heat the oven to 400. And then in a big roasting pan, um, you're going to toss together some turkey wings, some onion, carrots celery with a little bit of olive oil or oil, um, and then just toss those together. And then you're going to add uh, some thyme and a little bit of salt and pepper. And all you're going to do is roast until that turkey's golden brown and cooked through. And that takes about one and a half hours, one and a fourth hours. Then you're just going to remove the turkey and veggies. Um, and if there's any pan drippings, just strain those out and pour them in a measuring cup. And then you're going to take that roasting pan with all those good brown bits and just put it over the stove, the burners. And then you're going to either add some wine or chicken broth, um, and you're going to scrape up those brown bits, and you're going to pour that into the measuring cup with any pan juices. And then you won't have enough uh, to make four cups is, is what our goal is. So you're just going to add enough chicken broth to make four cups. That's about it. Um, that's your base. And then to make the gravy, you're going to melt some butter, um, and, you know, cook a little flour with it, and then gradually whisk in that four cups of very flavorful um, liquid. And I always put a bay leaf in there, too, and maybe a little more thyme. You just bring it to a boil um, until it's thick. Strain it out if you need to. Season it to taste. You can freeze it up to a month or refrigerate it up to a week. It's fabulous. And then be sure and add any drippings from your turkey if you got them. It sounds amazing. And, of course, it, it goes into this whole make-ahead idea, something you talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. If you do some smart prep, then when your guests are actually there, you're not running around like a crazy person like poor Martha. You get to spend some merry time with your guests. Yes. Yes. So. Good analogy. Well, Rita, we've got about eating.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you again soon. Yep. We'll share more recipes next week. All right, thank you so much, Rita. Let's check on weather for the nation while we got a moment. Uh, looks like we've got rain showers across interior portions of the northeast, wet snow or a mix of snow, sleet, and freezing rain freezing rain in the higher elevations. A low-pressure system will bring rain showers to the southern plains during the morning and early afternoon, as well as rain and thunderstorms for the central Gulf Coast and all of Florida. Rain will become increasingly likely across northern California throughout the day. While wet snow or a rain and snow mix will fall in the mountains, there'll be a smaller chance for rain and mountain snow showers across the interior northwest and northern Rockies. But you can expect dry weather for the Great Basin southwest, as well as the central and southern Rockies, northern and central plains, Midwest, Great Lakes, Ohio Valley, and Mid-Atlantic. Again, all those are going to have a dry day. And that is your 
geography lesson for the morning. We're back with headlines after this. It's a quarter past. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. EWTN, helping people grow in their love and understanding of God. I come from a family of 16. Ryan, Michael, Levi, Caleb, Noah, Titus, Timothy, Josiah, Elijah, Becca, Emma, Bethany, Hannah, Grace, Ruth, Christiana. I was really encouraged when I was listening to uh, your radio station, and I just think everything you were saying was absolutely true, and I just thought I should call in and let you know that. And that there's still hope out there. There is indeed hope out there. Now, I don't know what the numbers are like, but I bet you we got somebody else out there who's got that many kids. However, some of us who have way less than that still would not be able to pull off that name string. That's pretty impressive. That was an impressive, impressive name string. Yeah, it really was. 18 past. Here's Anna with headlines. The Custos of the Holy Land has appealed for indiscriminate bombing of Gaza to stop. And meanwhile, Israeli forces do continue to advance in Gaza. The U.S. bishops begin their fall general assembly in earnest today in Baltimore. And more than 55 million Americans are expected to travel 50 miles or more for Thanksgiving this year. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And speaking of Thanksgiving, of course, we just talked to Rita Heikenfeld. We'll talk to her again uh, later this week with more recipe ideas. Next hour, we're going to be talking with Giovanna Trimpey and Jane Murphy about mm -hmm. their holy chow hospitality uh, cookbook. But as we're uh, putting together hospitality to our, you know, the people who are going to be showing up at our house, uh, this is also a great reminder that you've got through your parish or through the Society of St. Vincent de Paul, uh, or any number of wonderful ministries. I know there's the Parish Kitchen in the Diocese of Covington. you got a really great opportunity uh, this time of year. Um, there are actually usually heightened opportunities yeah. uh, to look out for your neighbors in need. So uh, I'd say just check around, see who's accepting car donations. I know St. Vincent de Paul, Cincinnati, is uh, looking for coats right now as the weather's mm -hmm. changing. Uh, we talked to the Diocese of Covington. They're looking for bicycles that you can bring in yep. and repair. Sleeping bags. Give people transportation. Uh, just enormous opportunities. And when you give to those 
organizations, those parish-based organizations like the St. Vincent de Paul Parish Councils, uh, those go back into the neighborhood you live in. Yeah, yeah. And um, so at the kids' school, Mini Vinnies. The Mini Vinnies, the, the Mini Vincent de Pauls. Yeah, the, the, the Mini Vinnies um, are, are doing a canned food drive at school. And I bet a lot of schools, even if you don't have a Mini Vinnies chapter, um, I bet a lot of schools are doing that. Roma and I were talking about how she's gonna she's gonna use a little of her first communion money from last oh, wow. spring to go out and and get to pick out some of the the food that she wants to donate to Mini Vinny's kiddos. That's a great way to use some allowance, or you know, maybe you've been mowing lawns, or you know, who knows? Paper maybe routes. You got- Three dollars for every A and two dollars for every B on your latest report card. Yeah, and you know those canned. I never goods, got that, but I heard it was happening. Canned goods only cost, you know, sixty, seventy-five cents. Although maybe I'm going to go with what Annie always says here: don't go buy the worst stuff off the manager special in the dented can. You get what you would eat. Absolutely. You pick your favorite mac and cheese. Roma wants to donate Skyline. I mean, come on. Pretty cool, right? Mom, can we there get you Skyline? Donate the kinds of things that you would eat. Yes. It's right. 21 past. Where can you read why God replaced his created light with the light of the world? And find out how you can protect pro-life radio. Where can you see the big man that delivered the Sunrise Morning Show on video? And learn how we plan to sweeten the deal when Sacred Heart Radio visits your parish. Plus, get our QR card, the updated program schedule, and more in Sacred Heart Radio's Christmas newsletter. To get it, go to sacredheartradio.com and click newsletter sign up. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Marlon De La Torre from the Diocese of Columbus, where they cheer for a certain scarlet and gray football team. Marlon, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Go Bucks. So you have a, a post uh, that you put up mm-hmm. recently at Knowing is Doing about um, the idea of trusting in God. But there's another word that's in the mix of this article that really jumped out to me, um, mm-hmm. the idea of seeing God 
as refuge. I think trust and refuge, I mean, they're connected, but they kind of got a little bit sort of different connotations. Um, they do. But what do we mean, uh, and what are you trying to get at when you're talking about uh, reminding ourselves to trust in God? I think that there's a, um, I mean, the, the, the premise of the piece is with this uh, individual that came into my office uh, many, many years ago. And uh, what I was trying to do is he, he wanted to know, I mean, whether he can trust in God. And what I told him was uh, after a long delayed conversation, and we just looked at each other, I said, look, um, what have you done to, to serve others in need? And what I was trying to get at is uh, how are you serving those who may not want to be served, or how are you representing those who are less fortunate than you? And so when you get down to the premise of that point is uh, we're called to to try to see something beyond ourselves. So look at the divine and that the divine really exists in order to, to help us seek uh, answers to those questions. It may sound a little bit uh, abstract, but our, our Lord always extends the hand and when we seek and uh, really dive into his love, uh, there is a refuge that comes into it. There is something that, that is very caring and nurturing about our Lord because we are his children. And sometimes when we're trying to seek God or trying to figure out whether he loves us or not, we, we tend to forget that it's not just a question that he loves you, but the fact that will we be a little bit vulnerable in allowing ourselves to be uh, accepted by him? Do we see him as a refuge, as somebody who's consoling? not just the omnipotent God himself. Of course he is. And so there's an interpolar layer where, where you have this invitation of faith. And in that invitation, uh, our, our Lord will always be our refuge. He will always be our guiding light. And sometimes we forget that, even in, in the basic premise of evangelization or conversation. So we want to invite someone to seek him as this uh, beautiful refuge. So that's where that whole premise is coming from. You know, and that's that's why I like uh, that nuance between trust and refuge, because mm. uh, do you trust God almost kind of sounds like, do you trust that this next weird decision you've got to make that you're not yeah. sure how it's going to work out, that God's going to make exactly. it work out? Uh, whereas mm. uh, do you find refuge in God? Uh, mm. It's like no matter the circumstance, do you know where your strength comes from? Do you know Bingo. where your consolation resides? Do you know mm. where um, to stand uh, while it's storming outside, <laughs> as it were. I mean, that's kind of the concept of refuge. I find refuge in my house when yeah. uh, that whole season between October and Easter, which I refer to as winter, happens, yeah. right? I find refuge in my house. Am I finding refuge in God? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and for a lot of us, that, that's a very difficult concept. We can say we believe in God. God, give us what we need. God, we believe you. We adore you. We exalt you. All those things are, are, are prevalent and important in our relationship with him. But when it comes down to this whole understanding of our Lord and through his son, Jesus Christ, do we actually trust that he will protect us? Do we actually trust that we can find refuge in him and really uh, endear ourselves to God. That's the hard part. I think that's the challenge. And anybody who's involved in the, uh, I guess, in, in the process of the journey of evangelization or just having a conversation with someone who doesn't believe, this particular gentleman I dealt with was really a pagan. He, he had no concept of God, was very into the self-fulfillment ideology. All right, what's in it for me? What can I gain? And when he came to me, I just simply asked him, all right, look, if this is what you are, that's fine. We can discuss this all you want. But ultimately, your question is going to be predicated on the fact that do you seek him in any way as a refuge? Do you trust him enough 
to to be to allow yourself to be embraced by him and, and that's what shook him that's like well wait a minute i uh, i take care of myself I, I don't need him for this i just need him for that whatever that is yeah it's and like uh, so, treating god like your plumber or triple a like bingo uh god's not going to be involved in my life until i blow a bingo. tire right then exactly. then i'll then i'll refl- then i'll fall back on it right is correct it, it, it is it's treating god like a uh like a service industry mm-hmm. uh, yes. or, or like a, a repair man um and god wants more from us than that he does i mean he's very very utilitarian so to speak i mean it was a utility for him i said look uh, ultimately uh who are you going to serve and how are you going to serve how you treat someone else really reflects how you view god in essence and that and that kind of put him someone in the, in the back corner and made him very nervous. So look, once you see that outlook that, that God is an ultimate refuge, which means ultimate trust and surrender, then you'll see why I'm asking you that question. And uh, for all of us, e- even you and I, I mean, we see that every day. We see that struggle every day amongst ourselves and our colleagues uh, being involved in, in speaking well of our Lord. And when we do that, that means that we have a, a refuge in him that he will guide us to continue to speak well of him. That's the beauty of, of the ministries that we're involved in. And so uh, I think this was a very pointed for, for this character, Steve, a uh, real life person here who uh, eventually understood that and came home to the church and really had an, a, an attraction to serve from that point forward. So uh, part of that beauty of refuge in our Lord is, is not seen as a utility, but the fact that he will nurture and care for you if you allow him. Well, and as we're heading into these uh, times when we're supposed to be, be giving thanks for the, the bounty that God has given us, uh, even if it's just a little bit of bounty, right? There's, everybody's going to do their best to celebrate somehow some kind of gratitude and go around the table. But that should be extended then. If we have found that kind of refuge and blessing for God, then we need to turn around and figure out how to provide that refuge and blessing for somebody else. Because mm, Jesus says, amen. you know, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now you Absolutely. must go love one another, <laughs> right? It's it right. kind of all pays forward in the end. Marlon De La Torre, if our listeners want to connect with you and read your stuff, where do they do so? They can connect at knowingisdoing.org. All right, Marlon, have a great day. You too, Matt. God bless. Go Bucks. And while you're at sunrisemorningshow.com main page, you'll see a place where you can subscribe, enter your email, get show notes delivered to your inbox daily, links to the video stream, links to books, links to the prayers that we use occasionally at the top of the hour, and even links to Rita's recipes. Half past the hour, here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. The Custos of the Holy Land has appealed for the indiscriminate bombing of Gaza to stop, saying life is sacred. Father Francesco Paton spoke to Vatican News and expressed fear that the small Christian population in the Holy Land will dwindle even further with a new exodus from the region once the conflict ends. He said, quote, Christians must be deeply convinced that being Christian in the Holy Land and throughout the Middle East is a special calling, a kind of vocation and not a curse. But he said, quote, many no longer feel safe, especially those who have families who do not want their children to grow up in an environment of hatred where there is no mutual acceptance between people of different ethnic and religious backgrounds, end quote. Meanwhile, the White House is saying an American toddler is among the hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza. 
Mark Mayfield reports. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters a three-year-old U.S. citizen whose parents were killed by the militant group during the October the 7th attacks in Israel is believed to be among the more than 200 hostages. Sullivan said securing the release of all hostages is a paramount priority for President Biden. A small number of hostages have been released so far since the start of the war last month. I'm Mark Mayfield. A British infant has died after being taken off life support by court order. The Catholic News Agency reports Indy Gregory died in her mother's arms in hospice in the overnight hours Monday. She was eight months old. The Italian government had granted her Italian citizenship and offered to pay to have her transported to the Vatican Children's Hospital, Bambino Gesù. But her parents lost their appeal in a U.K. court and she was taken off life support over the weekend. The U.S. bishops begin their fall general assembly in earnest today. They gathered together for mass and prayer in Baltimore yesterday on the feast of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. The public sessions of their meetings begin this morning and will run through tomorrow and will be live streamed on the USCCB website. Pope Francis met yesterday with members of the School Sisters of Notre Dame, thanking them for making Christ visible by their faith, hope, and charity. From Vatican Radio, Deborah Castellano-Lubov reports. Recalling the Foundress's legacy, the Pope told the sisters, it is my hope that you will continue to draw inspiration from the legacy of your Foundress, whose anniversary of beatification occurs on the 17th of November, the closing date of their general chapter. The Pope said that this is his hope, especially as they gather to give thanks to Almighty God for his blessings past and present and to discern the future path of their congregation. Blessed Teresa's life, the Pope said, was a testament to the transformative power of faith, the courage to forge new paths, and dedication to educating young people. Recalling that she grounded the congregation in the Eucharist, anchored it in poverty, and dedicated it to Mary, the Pope praised the sisters and their congregation for walking in her footsteps. This firm foundation, the Pope highlighted, has allowed the school sisters of Notre Dame to go out into the whole world and bear witness to the gospel, making Christ visible by their presence, faith, hope, and charity. The Pope praised the sisters for long having been pioneers in embracing the prophetic dimension of consecrated life, which is a living memorial of Jesus' way of living and acting. Your dedication in this regard, the Pope said, is a sign not only of the gift you have made of yourselves to the Lord, but also of your availability to serve in Him. The Holy Father invited them to discern how they can more effectively bear witness to the joy of the gospel. Pope Francis concluded by thanking the sisters for their visit and praying that the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church, protect and help them and be their sure guide on the path. La Virgine Maria, Madre de la Chiesa, vi protega. I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubov. More than 55 million Americans are expected to travel 50 miles or more for Thanksgiving this year. Mark Mayfield has more. That's according to projections from AAA. It's an increase of a little more than 2% from last year and the third highest forecast for the holiday since AAA began tracking it in 2000. Most will drive to their destinations, nearly 2% more compared to 2022. And 4.7 million travelers will fly. That's an increase of more than 6.5% compared to last Thanksgiving. I'm Mark Mayfield. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries is suggesting that Democrats could support the Republicans' stopgap bill to prevent a government shutdown on Friday. Over the weekend, House Speaker Mike Johnson laid out a short-term plan to extend government funding through February. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 minutes past the hour.
If you would like to write to Sacred Heart Radio, our address is Sacred Heart Radio, 100 East 8th Street, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45202. Our phone number is 513-731-7740. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Water heaters, plumbing repair, and drain cleaning backed by Schneller Knockelman's 100% satisfaction guarantee. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com. skpha.com. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Tuesday, November the 14th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. That's skpha.com. Still going to be pretty nice today. Right now, it's pretty chilly with temperatures in the lower 30s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be mostly sunny and pleasant today with a high of 60 degrees. Tonight, a few clouds and chilly with an overnight low of 34. Mostly sunny with above average temperatures tomorrow, a high of 65 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, sunny skies today and a high of 60 degrees. A few high clouds tonight and an overnight low of 34. Sunny skies again tomorrow and a high of 65 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Download our app at sacredheartradio.com. With us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Sebastian Walsh. He's a Norbertine father at St. Michael's Abbey in California and author of Heart of the Gospel, How the Beatitudes Show Us God's Plan for Happiness. It's from Catholic Answers Press. Father, welcome back. Thank you, Annie. Good to be back. So we're continuing to lay the foundations today to have a better understanding of the Beatitudes and the importance of them for understanding uh, the good news of Christ. And honestly, Father, I'm not sure that all of us really even understand exactly what Beatitude means. Uh, We know they're sayings from Jesus, but beyond that, you know, what are they? Sure. So... I, uh, I think the last time we talked, I mentioned that the name Beatitude, you know, refers to a kind of a divine happiness. But if you ask what is a Beatitude in the sense of the eight Beatitudes, you know, what Jesus is preaching um, in the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. there what you're talking about is it's a, it's a brief instruction from our Lord in Scripture, which is given in, it's a kind of a poetic form, you'll notice, right? And it teaches us how to find true and lasting divine happiness. So it's actually a beatitude in this sense is an instruction from our Lord. huh? Um, and in addition to that, what you find is each beatitude has two parts. Mm-hmm. It's got a condition for merit and then a promised reward. So for example, um, blessed are the poor in spirit. So being poor in spirit is a condition for merit for theirs is the kingdom of God. That's the reward, you see? So each of those Beatitudes 
tells us exactly what we need to do in order to obtain that divine and lasting happiness. Yeah, it's super interesting, especially when you look at the Gospel of Luke, when he has those corresponding woes. Yes. So um, it's interesting because, as you say, uh, Matthew doesn't have woes. Luke does have woes. And um, Matthew does, at the end, in chapter, I think it's 23 of Matthew, mm. he has a list of woes, but he doesn't put them together with the Beatitudes. But Luke definitely does, and I think there's a good reason for that. Um, he wants to teach us that we can't sit on the fence. You know, sometimes we think, well, those seem really hard, those Beatitudes, being poor and hungry and persecuted. Um Maybe I'm just going to aim a little lower. I'm just going to try and, you know, get a, a, a modicum of happiness in this life and then, you know, try to be, you know, just good enough to get into heaven for the next life, you know. Yeah. And so, um, so for the most part, people say things like this. Well, I can be rich just as long as I'm not too attached to my money. And I can, you know, be praised by people and, and not um, ever criticized by people. As long as, you know, I'm not doing anything really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Jesus goes on and he says, woe to you, rich. Yeah. Woe to you who are, you know, when men praise you. Um, he wants to teach us there's no sitting on the fence. That it's an all or nothing prospect. And we have to put all our hope in the life to come, you know. Um, now, that doesn't mean we won't um, sometimes have comforts and consolations in this life. But to the extent that we do, those comforts and consolations all have to, in our hearts, be seen in the perspective of eternity, you know, where I don't put my hope for happiness in money in this life or my hope for happiness in the praise of men in this life and so forth. Yeah. I mean, we can really kid ourselves, can't we, in in saying, I was uh, talking about this in a a different interview not too long ago, that... Uh, it it can be easy to say, yeah, I have all these comforts, but they don't mean anything to me. When actually, mm-hmm. if we really probe deep down into into our hearts, um, they really would mean a lot yeah. more than we're willing to admit. Yeah, that's really true. That's really true. One of the things I, I ask people is I ask them, how much effort do you put into obtaining the goods of this life? And how much do you think about them? Mm. Those are two pretty good indications where your heart really is, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, let's continue to look at these um, to to get a more foundational understanding of the Beatitudes, because it is interesting. We've been talking about Matthew and Luke, and um, they're different. I mean, they're similar, but there are definitely some real real differences <laughs> in what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew and then in the Sermon on the Plain in Luke. Um, Can you talk about those and why it might be that they are different? Yes, absolutely. So both St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas are of the opinion that those were two different sermons. And you alluded to that fact. You said, well, Luke's was given on the plain Mm -hmm. and Matthew's was given on the mountain. huh?" So if you look carefully at the language, um, Matthew says that Jesus went up the mountain, and his disciples came to him. So Matthew's uh, Sermon on the Mount, which is much more intricate, detailed, kind of spiritually lofty, 
um, and includes eight Beatitudes. Matthew's Sermon on the Mount seems to have been given to those who are already disciples of Jesus, whereas Luke's Sermon on the Mount, it says very clearly, was given to the crowds. So it looks like Jesus gave a kind of a simpler homily to the crowds in front of him. Then he went up to the top of the mountain where he expounded on that in greater detail to those who were already his disciples. So that accounts, first of all, for the the differences we find in the two sermons. Now, when it comes to the Beatitudes in particular, um, Luke's Beatitudes differ from Matthew's in some striking ways. There's only four Beatitudes in Luke, and in Matthew there's eight. But when Luke speaks about um, the Beatitudes, he'll just say, Blessed are you poor. Mm. He doesn't say blessed are those who are poor in spirit. He uses the second person, you poor. Um, Now, why would Jesus do that? In my opinion, it's because those crowds had already been following Jesus for three days. And they had given up work. They had given up food. They were hungry. They were thirsty. But they showed by their actions already they loved the Word of God. They loved to hear Jesus. They loved the gospel. So Jesus didn't need to tell them about poverty of spirit. He knew they were poor in spirit because they were already giving up their what little resources they had for the sake of hearing the Word of God. Yeah. And so he says to them directly, blessed are you poor, the ones right in front of me, not everyone who's poor, but you who are right in front of me because you've shown by your actions you're poor in spirit. And he says, blessed are you who are hungry now, right? You show that they were hungry more for the word of God than they were for, for food of the body and so forth. And so he, he, in each case, the crowd that's right in front of him has already shown by their actions that they have the right disposition of spirit. But they also have the corresponding experience of body, you know, of poverty, mm-hmm. hunger, and so forth. Well, thank you so much, Father Sebastian Walsh. You can find his book, Heart of the Gospel, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Mike Aquilina joins us next. It's a quarter till. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests served for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Support is from Affirm Films comes Journey to Bethlehem, a Christmas musical film for the whole family. This wasn't a dream. An angel came to me. Look at the star. This is it. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Federal guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere now. Soundtrack also available. More information is at journeytobethlehem.com. Waking up with Mystic Monk Coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming. And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to sonrisemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission. Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's sonrisemorningshow.com. 
is a weekly newsletter that's packed with program information, features, and updates of all that's going on at EWTN. To sign up, go to EWTN.com, click subscribe, enter your name and email address, and you'll start getting your wings every week. Get your wings today. It's the weekly newsletter from EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. We thank you for joining on this us on this. You are joining us on this Tuesday, the 14th of November. There we go. Here's Anna with headlines. The Custos of the Holy Land saying life is sacred as he appeals for indiscriminate bombing in Gaza to stop. Meanwhile, the White House says an American toddler is among the hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza. And the U.S. bishops begin their meetings in their fall General Assembly in Baltimore today. Next newscast coming up at the top of the hour. It is 12 till. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. It's always great to catch up with Mike Aquilina, who's written all kinds of things about patristics, but also has a podcast with Catholic Culture, and it is called The Way of the Fathers. Mike, good morning. Morning, Matt. You've done a lot on the various cities that were central to the early church. Alexandria has got to be on that list, even though it got kind of wiped out at one point. So how did Christianity get to Alexandria, and how did it become such a big deal, this city and the ancient Christian church? Well, it became a big deal because uh, it was founded to be a big deal by one of the singular figures of human history, and that was Alexander the Great, uh, you know, the the, the man who, who conquered the world <laughs> before his 30th birthday and uh and he found and then promptly died of course so he left the cities to be ruled by others alexander had no heir at the time of his death so alexandria was the place of his tomb it was the place where he was buried and um and it became the cultural capital of the world it became uh, a um a mercantile city. It became a military city. It became uh, a cultural city. It became a, a city of research and 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 just uh, throve in every way. Uh, there's uh, there's um, the 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 the, uh, the line of of kings that were established there after Alexander uh, came from one of his. Uh, one of his generals, Ptolemy. So after Alexander came uh, a line of kings uh, descended from one of his generals, Ptolemy, and they they were known as the Ptolemies. They were great promoters of the arts and of culture, and especially of books. In Alexandria was the greatest library of the ancient world, and it became legendary. And the goal was to have every book in the world resident on the shelves of that library and so so uh, alexandria became famous as a center of learning the other thing is that that scholars could live there tax-free that's how much they valued scholarship and and so scholars came from all around the world to live in alexandria now christianity came about uh you know some 300 and some years into into uh Alexandria's history. And by then, Alexandria was already renowned. And Alexandria already had an enormous Jewish population, 10% of the city. And there were two major neighborhoods that were that were Jewish neighborhoods. And so it was it was natural, you know, for these, these first Christians, that first generation to find their way to Alexandria 
on their way anywhere else. It was a port city as well. So if you were the Apostle Thomas and you wanted to get to India, you kind of had to get your ship there in, uh, in Alexandria. So, so everybody found their way there. Uh, eventually it became associated with the evangelist Mark. But then after that, there's just an explosion of celebrity Christians from the first several centuries who lived there and, uh, and made a name um, for the city as a Christian capital. And those are names that we've talked about a lot here. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, yes. In terms of you know people like Origin of Alexandria and many others. I mean, who are some of those names? Yeah. Well, uh, very early on, there was Pantanus, who was a uh, who was a Sicilian, but found his way to Alexandria, as many intellectuals did, because that's where you could live tax free and you could be around other scholars and you could have every book in the world at your disposal. So Pantanus found his way there, founded a school there, but eventually Pantanus went and evangelized India from Alexandria. So so after Pantanus came. Clement of Alexandria, one of the major figures of the late second century in the church. And after him came Origen, you know, one of the giants of antiquity, the greatest biblical scholar of the early church, perhaps, uh, the man who did the first critical edition of the Bible in many languages. Um, uh, after Origen, you know, you have names like Athanasius and Cyril, Didymus the Blind, all of these major figures of of early Christianity. And uh, we, we can't really imagine the faith as it is today without the developments that were introduced by these Alexandrian Christians. That's how gigantic they are. The, so many of the things that we value today as Christians were were emphasized by the Alexandrian Church, and then that just spread to the entire church on earth, the Catholic Church. Um, so, so yeah, it's 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 hard to overestimate Alexandria. <laughs> you know, you it, it's just so valuable in the history of the church. Well, you mentioned this library where they wanted to get every book that had ever been written. In the whole wide world, in this library, unfortunately, you cannot go visit it today, can you? No, and that's the sad sort of ending to the story of Alexandria. Is that uh, is that at the time uh, of the Arab invasions, the city the city fell and uh, and gradually just continued to fall until until so many things were gone. The last the the, the library at Alexandria had been burned several times down through history. Uh so it, it, it was gradually diminished, but the final diminishment of it was um was its destruction uh during the Arab invasions. Uh so so that is no longer there. Uh Christianity though has persevered in a very tough people in Alexandria that there is a, a, a small Christian minority that continues to live there and has continued there uh, through centuries of persecution on and off big and small uh, but but they've they've managed to to uh, to endure there and they're heroic and they deserve our admiration we've got your way of the father's podcast for catholicculture.org linked at sunrisemorningshow.com so people can hear a lot more about alexandria mike aquilina thanks so much as always have a great day thanks for having me on matt Notice he said Alexandria, not Alexandra, which is the uh, the, the place that uh, was supposedly connected to the Holy Grail in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Alexandra. So, Alexandra. I can just hear Sean Connery saying it right now. Uh, at any rate. I got nothing.
We've been so. watching a lot of Star Wars lately at my house. Yeah, have you now? Yeah. Have you now? Yeah. Roma's really into Star Wars. The boys, they Freddie kept asking me he wanted to watch. I want the movie with the ATAT walkers. And I was like Oh, so it's Empire Strikes Back. Well, I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, come on. And he goes, the one with the ATAT walkers. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Talk to your dad. <laughs> of course, his dad was. Yeah, Will would know. Will be so. able to sort it out. So the uh, the one thing that I did want to mention to you, Anna Mitchell, is that Mike uh, is talking about the way of the father's podcast and mm-hmm. how you know it's a fabulous he's been doing podcast. That. It's a fabulous yeah. podcast. He's done like I don't know, hundred and some episodes of that yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, they're all free, he, by the way. <clears throat> they are through yeah. CatholicCulture.org uh, and check it out. It turns out he's actually um, Mike is winding down and passing the baton on the way of the father's podcast all those episodes will still be up um who's he passing it to do you want to guess okay. you should guess all right um, think about somebody who's a sunrise morning show friend who okay. is also really good at church father stuff jim papandrea yes <gasps> jim I know. papandrea is cool? taking over the way of the, the, way father's, the father's podcast, podcast. he's like the perfect person to do it so, of course, yeah, he and Mike have good. collaborated on a few projects. I mean, I'll be well. sad to miss Mike, but... Well, you won't miss Mike. Because I love still listening be doing to Mike's regular voice. stuff on the well, yeah, Sunrise Morning Show. They both will. But how cool is that? Cool. Yeah, that's Anytime awesome. anything, like, cool is going on, we either know the person doing it or we're, like, two moves away from the person because, mm-hmm. like, we're trying to extend the Sunrise Morning Show. So, They're I like consider this a victory for the Sunrise adjacent. Morning Show. Yeah. I consider this a victory for our... That's awesome. Absolutely. Very cool. We got another full hour of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up after the break. For many of you listening across EWTN, it's three minutes till. Attention, Sacred Heart Radio volunteers. Wednesday, December 6th is our Advent Pledge Drive. And we need volunteers to answer phones from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. that day. If you can help, even for an hour, call 513-731-7740. Or visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. We need your help to raise $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. If you can answer phones anytime that day, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Stegman Landscape. Serving the tri-state since 1979. Stegman Landscape can create a picture-perfect landscape all year long. From design, installation, and maintenance to retaining walls, patios, and outdoor fireplaces to enjoy any season, Stegman Landscape can do it all. Stegman Landscape, making the world more beautiful one yard at a time. 859-781-1562 and online at stegmanlandscape.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Honda East, the place to find a brand new Honda or pre-owned vehicle with no haggle, no hassle pricing. Honda East, just off I-275 on Beachmont Avenue. Help me, Honda East, get the car that I want. Online at HondaEastCincy.com. Central Fabricators, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, custom builds and repairs corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. These are used to manufacture liquids used in everyday products like health and beauty aids, pharmaceuticals, and food. Central Fabricators uses the latest in technology and modern equipment to deliver quality products, and big orders are not a problem. Central Fabricators, ASME certified, and on the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality, 
Diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com, theabrasiveone.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Gate of Heaven Cemetery, serving the Archdiocese of Cincinnati for 76 years. They extend their heartfelt thanks to the community for entrusting Gate of Heaven to assist them during their time of sorrow. Share the gift of gratitude with your loved ones this Thanksgiving by attending a pre-planning seminar November 21st at 11 a.m., 2 p.m., or 6 p.m. More information at 513-489-0300 or email community at gateofheaven.org. I'm Deacon Bill Mullaney from Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Continue on this Tuesday, the 14th of November, by praying a prayer of St. Thomas Aquinas for students, as many of them trying to wrap up lots of work ahead of Thanksgiving. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, divine creator, true source of light and fountain of wisdom. Pour forth your brilliance upon my dense intellect. Dissipate the darkness which covers me, the double darkness of sin and ignorance. Grant me a penetrating mind to understand a retentive memory, method and ease in learning, the lucidity to comprehend, and abundant grace in expressing myself. Guide the beginning of my work, direct its progress, and bring it to successful completion. This I ask through Jesus Christ, true God and true man, living and reigning with you and the Father forever and ever. Amen. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. I know... uh, Not only are there a lot of students at the elementary, middle, high school, college level, grad school level, trying to wrap up a whole bunch of academic stuff before Thanksgiving, I know their teachers are too. So an extra prayer for you all as well. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thanks for being along here on a Tuesday morning. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has got our live stream up and running. You can watch the video in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Up this hour, we'll talk to Giovanna Trimpe and Jane Murphy. Uh, you may have heard of Giovanna's books, uh, the Holy Chow series. Holy Chow Hospitality is the latest one, and it's going to be a great conversation ahead of Thanksgiving coming up next week. Dina Dwyer Owens is going to have some advice for busy moms balancing all kinds of obligations, but also making family the most important thing. Dina's got some experience. She's all kinds. Of, she's got all kinds of successes and failures to share with you. And then Steve Ray uh, continues our series on the mysteries of the rosary. Chris McGregor also will look at a second century sermon on hope as we continue our series with her on the office of readings. So lots to get to on a Tuesday morning. Two minutes past news, a service of central fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. 
Good morning. Israeli forces are continuing to advance in Gaza. The White House says an American toddler is among the hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters a three-year-old U.S. citizen whose parents were killed by Hamas during the October 7th attacks in Israel is believed to be among the more than 200 hostages. Sullivan said securing the release of all hostages is a paramount priority for the White House. The Custos of the Holy Land has appealed for the indiscriminate bombing of Gaza to stop. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini has more. The Custos of the Holy Land, Father Francesco Patton, has reiterated that the fighting in the Strip must spare civilian lives. Tutti quanti per far Everyone must cooperate to stop the bombing of civilians. We must begin to consider the human person as sacred again. The Italian Franciscan friar participated in the 16th day of the Association of the Holy Land, which took place at the Pontifical University Antonianum in Rome on the 11th of November. In an interview he granted to Vatican News on the sidelines of the event, Father Patton stressed the urgent need to save and protect all human lives, which he recalled are sacred for Jews, Christians and Muslims. Asked about the situation of the small Christian community living under the bombs in Gaza, most of which is currently sheltering in the Roman Catholic Church of the Holy Family, Father Patton expressed his hope that at least places of worship are respected. As for the future, the Cassus said he feared that once the war is over, there will be a new exodus of Christians. Many no longer feel safe, especially those who have families who do not want their children to grow up in an environment of hatred, he explained. However, Father Patton highlighted that it is vital for Christians to stay, also noting that they have an important role to play as bridges between Palestinians and Israelis. If they leave, he said, the space for coexistence will be further reduced. I am Lisa Zengarini. Several National Guard units will assist D.C. police with today's March for Israel rally on the National Mall. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser told reporters yesterday that the National Guard will be deployed at certain traffic safety points, redirecting vehicles and blocking intersections. About 60,000 people are expected for today's rally, which is scheduled to begin at 1 o'clock. A British infant has died after being taken off life support by court order. The Catholic News Agency reports Indy Gregory died in her mother's arms in hospice in the overnight hours Monday. She was eight months old. The Italian government had granted her Italian citizenship and offered to pay to have her transported to the Vatican Children's Hospital, Bambino Gesù, but her parents lost their appeal in a U.K. court and she was taken off life support over the weekend. The U.S. bishops begin their fall general assembly in earnest today. They gathered together for mass and prayer in Baltimore yesterday on the feast of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. The mass was offered for peace and reconciliation in a troubled world. USCCB President Archbishop Timothy Broglio said in his homily, quote, St. Francis Cabrini even obliged the poor to give from their poverty to help those more needy than they. It was also a way of insisting on the dignity of all and the common responsibility for others. It is a message that is very appropriate today and every day, he said. Charity demands our attention to the little ones, the weak, the simple, fraternal correction, 
an unlimited pardon to those who ask, end quote. The public sessions of the bishop's meeting take place today and tomorrow and will be live streamed on the USCCB site. And President Biden will meet face-to-face with Chinese President Xi Jinping in San Francisco tomorrow. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters the two leaders will discuss some of the most fundamental elements, as he put it, in the relationship between Washington and Beijing. The U.S. is hoping to resume military communications that were broken off after Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan last year. Today is Tuesday, November the 14th. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We'll be right back with Giovanna Trimpe and Jane Murphy. For over 500 years, the church-honored spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola have formed many saints. This treasured way of personal prayer with God is now available to you for free. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com and bring Ignatian prayer to others. Lord Teach Me to Pray is approved by the USCCB. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com. Lord Teach Me to Pray underwrites the Sunrise Morning For more than 150 years, the Comboni missionaries have served the poorest and most forgotten people. With our founder, St. Daniel Comboni, as an inspiration, we work for the full development of the human person through evangelization, education, and advocacy. Your donations make a huge impact, and 95% are used to fund our many projects. Find out more at ComboniMissionaries.org. That is ComboniMissionaries.org. Joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show here in studio, Giovanna Trimpe and Jane Murphy. They are here to talk about their joint effort. A new cookbook, Holy Chow Hospitality, and it's a cookbook full of reflections on the theme of hospitality. You can find it online at holychowcookbooks.com. Giovanna, Jane, so good to see you. Thank you for coming in. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. So, Giovanna, Mm -hmm. you have been on the show any number of times, um, and this is now the third installment in what I'm calling the Holy Chow movement. That's right. That's a good word. <laughs> I'm I like a big that. fan of both uh, the original Holy Chow and the gluten-free Holy Chow cookbooks. Mm-hmm. Use them both uh, quite a bit. What made you want to have a cookbook that focused on this mm-hmm. theme of hospitality? Good question. I really did not want to do this book, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I had my friend um, approach me in church. Where, you know, how can you say no in church, right? Yeah, it's and true. She, she asked me, I sh- that she told me that I should write a book about hospitality. And I said, oh my gosh, no, I don't think so. I don't want this, I'm done. Well, about a month later, she approached me again, and I think the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, mm. give her a chance, listen to her. So we, I did. And I said, Jane, if you, because I know she's a great writer. She's an amazing writer. She, um, has a master in English literature. So I said, Jane, we are going to write this book. We are going to write the book. Nice. And that's just me. <laughs> right? And that's how it started. And that's and awesome. I you know, hospitality is really an art, but it, it's it's gone. Hospitality yeah. is just gone. People it's a don't lost art. Yeah, they don't even understand what that means sometimes. They'll ask yeah. me, so what do you mean? I said, Well, invite your new friend, your new neighbor. 
bring him over, bring him some cookies. Or just perhaps the other day I, I let somebody in in my line. I was at Walgreens, and he had one product in his hand. So I said, you can go ahead. I had 10. Well, it happens to take even longer than went with one product in my <laughs> But you know what? I was happy. He was so thankful. He kept saying, thank you, thank you. I said, I said that's fine. Thank you. So anyway, um, I think hospitality needs to be uh, just bring it back. Yeah. Bring it back. Absolutely. So uh, there are pages of recipes and uh, each one coupled with a a reflection on scripture which jane you wrote so tell us about these reflections and and how you how you went about writing all of them well um giovanna and i have joked that we have really kind of embraced the martha mary roles throughout (laughs) working on this and i get to be mary so that means i have gotten to sit at the feet of christ so Mm -hmm. i've spent a lot of time in eucharistic adoration thinking about the times that jesus was both host and guest Mm. and there's a lot of them the man went out to eat a lot yeah (laughs) just saying if you go through the scriptures things are around the meal our faith centered around a meal so I spent time kind of looking where did these give and take, like hospitality comes from guest-host relationship or guest-stranger, making a stranger a friend. It's like, mm. when did Jesus do that? When did he experience that? And then kind of thought about what keeps me from doing it? Well, it's silly things like um, I'm embarrassed of my couch, or oh. my food isn't as good as Giovanna's. I well, can't keep my kids from know, putting their toys on the floor. It, yeah, exactly. It's the little things. And then you look at what Jesus, you know, is telling us. It's like, move beyond that. Hospitality, a lot of it comes down to works of mercy, reaching out mm-hmm. to others, putting others first and serving their needs and it has been such a blessing working with giovanna and just looking at we need to be together um you know the theology of the body we're made for relationship with god and we're made for relationship with each other and we are in a time of great division covid moved us farther apart people are lonely i was blessed to sit with the scriptures and say all right jesus when were you lonely when did you reach out to the lonely? How do we do that today? That's How do we get past our own little quirks mm-hmm. and extend mercy, do those acts of mercy, extend hospitality? And I have to admit, I am rather grateful for the appendix in this cookbook, how to set a formal table, a <laughs> checklist on how to provide good hospitality, ways that you can make your guests more comfortable, how to serve a multi-course meal, what? I've been to a Giovanna multi-course meal, and like even I can do this, Giovanna? I'm not really sure. I'm how sure did, you can. How did you come up with the recipes that you wanted to put in this cookbook? You know... It was. It wasn't too hard because we started watching my favorite movie, The Chosen. Oh, nice! And so I, we were watching. I was watching every movement they made with food. Every time they had a party or get together, and the main thing was wine, mm. <laughs> not water. Mm. Wine. Yes. The water was like. Uh. Uh-uh, I don't think so. The wine was like the, the uh, wedding a can. It was my favorite ever part in the movie. So we took ideas from. But also just the first few recipes are easy that 
that Jesus would be eating at the time in, in those mm. times. Um, and so I started thinking about that, looking up, researching what would they would have eaten. So that's how I came up with most of them, and then uh, Janice um, as well. And I had a couple of friends who uh, did um, some of the desserts. That of course they wouldn't have that at the time. But and I also had um, my well, the ribs in the back. Oh well, Ooh. I don't think Jesus would have eaten pork at the time. <laughs> well, wow. you know, but I think he would have liked mine. I think you know. <laughs> You go with what you have. You go right. with what you have. That's right. Good and uh, we come up. We've been talking to Giovanna Trimpe and Jane Murphy. The book is called Holy Chow Hospitality, <laughs> Wonderful, Delicious Recipes and Beautiful Reflections on the Theme of Hospitality. And again, go to holychowcookbooks.com. You can pick up a copy and get free shipping, I yes. saw, on the website. So and delivery. Even better than Amazon. <laughs> Holy Chow Hospitality. Oh. Giovanna, Jane, it was so good to have you. Thank you for coming Thank in. You. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor. Thank you. And correction, I just said Holy Chow Cookbooks. I meant holychowbooks.com is the website to go to. Holy Chow Books, or you can just Google, I'm sure, Holy Chow Hospitality, and it'll come right up. So thank you so much again, Giovanna and Jane. We'll be back right after this with headlines. It's 16 past here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can save. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Each week on The World Over, Raymond Arroyo challenges listeners and viewers with important political and cultural reporting and analysis of a wide variety of topics of interest to Catholics and people of faith. And you can get news from The World Over in your inbox every week. It's easy. Visit EWTN.com and click subscribe. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Eighteen minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. Israeli forces continue to advance in Gaza and the White House is saying an American toddler is among the hostages being held by Hamas. The custos of the Holy Land has appealed for the indiscriminate bombing in Gaza to stop. 
and the U.S. bishops begin their fall general assembly in earnest today. All I can think of when anybody says the word earnest around this time of year is yeah. the most underrated Christmas movie of all time, which would be Ernest Saves Christmas. And uh, just I think reminder, we spell earnest differently. It doesn't matter to me. It sounds the same on the radio. Okay, fair enough. But I will begin in earnest. Uh, actually, I've already been praying for the bishops in this meeting. I know that there's always a lot on the agenda. Mm-hmm. I understand about 10% of it because, you know, uh, they're... Uh, Bureaucracy and administrative matters are not like my favorite thing to do. Anna Mitchell, I would often rather have my, you know, toe run over by well, a wheelbarrow. Well, see, the full thing of is, is most meeting, of this but... is not going to be bureaucracy and administrative I mean, they some heavy matters. Heavy stuff on the agenda. I mean, there are some really consequential things that are on the agenda. Not least of which, so this is something that I talked about with Father Patrick Briscoe from our Sunday Visitor, is uh, the faithful citizenship document and yeah. and especially by after proxy, uh, some major losses and major pro-life questions exactly exactly because we are looking around at what has happened and i mean here in ohio it is unbelievable to me in a state that has been dominated by red politics i mean like our general assembly our governor all the statewide all offices there. all republican all Republican voted overwhelmingly for President Trump the last election, just enshrined abortion in the state constitution. But what does fair, that tell you? It tells us that people don't understand the issue. They don't understand the stakes. Exactly. And it question. tells you that Catholics may not either. And it was very clear from a bunch of kerfuffle uh, that blew up. You know, a few months ago, that President Trump himself didn't understand the question yeah. of what would happen and what people were trying to well, do. Well, this is what I mean, so. is that the we've got our work cut out for us. Yeah. I mean, faithful Catholics united here in Ohio, but there are a lot of, you know, fringe Catholics don't that don't deep, understand still. How deep our pro-life convictions go. Yeah. We got to figure out how to communicate that. Attention, Sacred Heart Radio volunteers. Wednesday, December 6th is our Advent Pledge Drive, and we need volunteers to answer phones from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. that day. If you can help, even for an hour, call 513-731-7740 or visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. We need your help to raise $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. If you can answer phones anytime that day, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Gate of Heaven Cemetery, serving the Archdiocese of Cincinnati for 76 years. They extend their heartfelt thanks to the community for entrusting Gate of Heaven to assist them during their time of sorrow. Share the gift of gratitude with your loved ones this Thanksgiving by attending a pre-planning seminar November 21st at 11 a.m., 2 p.m., or 6 p.m. More information at 513-489-0300 or email community at gateofheaven.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and hoting.com. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. 
With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families. Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dina Dwyer-Owens, former chairwoman and CEO of Neighborly. She's an author, speaker, and you can download her Create Your Culture or Your Better Future workbooks over at her site, dinadwyerowens.com. Good morning, Dina. Good morning, Annie. It is good to have you. And I know you are getting ready to give a talk to a group of Catholic women about juggling life while remaining committed to practicing your faith. So many women, working women, moms, uh, find it so hard to keep it all together sometimes. So how have you been reflecting on this, Dina? It's such a, a wonderful topic, yeah. <laughs> as, you, as you know, uh, being the, the mother of young children. And so, I, you know, it just came to me. There, there's one simple word that I think about when I'm trying to stay focused on making sure my day, I'm putting God first in my day. Because when we do that, everything else seems to, to go much better. Mm-hmm. And it's the word arise. So arising in the morning, you know, just focused on um, the priorities. So I can step through those with you if you like, kind of each of the uh, the letters there. So the A stands for just um, adding a, a daily mass. doesn't mean you have to go to mass every day, but I find that that extra day of daily mass, of course, I typically go five to six days a week now, and I have no excuse, Annie. There are masses all over Waco <laughs> at all <laughs> times of the day. So even when I worked, you know, there was really no reason I couldn't make a daily mass. So that that's the A in the word arise. And then the R is for reading Scripture, even if it's 10 minutes a day. And, you know, today you can listen to Scripture while you're driving to the office and you're going to pick up your kids from soccer practice or whatever it might be. It's so easy to do now, whether you just go to, um, gosh, Ascension and and listen to the Bible in a year or even go to YouTube, right, and just put on the Gospel of John. It's it's really it's really so easy. There's there's no reason we shouldn't be studying scripture at least ten minutes a day. Yep. And the I is for inviting the Holy Spirit into every decision. And I never used to think about that. You know, even getting ready for this speech tomorrow, I just keep praying to the Holy Spirit to just give me give me the right words, right, for the, these women and what they need to be hearing that day. And hopefully, you know, something will sink in and and make their lives better. They're just, you know, invoking and inviting the Holy Spirit into every decision. And then the S is for spiritual direction. And I know that um, every community has spiritual directors, and it doesn't mean that you have to meet with them weekly, right? Even if you meet with somebody quarterly or biannually, I find that to be very helpful. And and you can do that in conjunction with a retreat. We've we've talked many times about the importance of getting away on a retreat. In fact, as, as I think about retreats that I've been on, they're really the best vacations that I've taken. <laughs> well, That's where you actually time. get the rest, huh? It's, well, it's amazing, and it's yeah. peaceful. So, you know, we spend so much time getting ready for vacations, and then we're exhausted when we get back from vacation, you know, a lot of the, the, the typical vacations we take. Um, but yep. retreats are just a beautiful way to get closer to Christ and um, 
and that's something that we can plan ahead, right? So as, as, as you would a vacation, plan ahead to be part of a retreat. And it doesn't have to be a retreat that's uh, a plane, plane right away. It could be a retreat in your backyard. And then the E stands for Eucharistic Adoration. Uh, I'm so impressed. My parish has also uh, got a school. And it's so beautiful to see these mothers, either before they drop their kids off at school, they come by um, for adoration five minutes. I mean, they just drop in, they get on their knees, <laughs> they pray, mm-hmm. and they leave. Or after they drop the kids off, the moms come back, and they, you know, they, they may only sit in the pew for five or ten minutes. But they're making an effort to, to get quiet with Christ, and that's just a beautiful way to start your day. So that's the word I've come up with that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with the women tomorrow is just arise. Spend every day arising and thinking about those things you can do to get in greater communion with our Lord. That's awesome. And, Dina, I know you're a mom. Uh, you also were the CEO of a major national company. And I don't know if you were always um, committed to to your faith throughout that time that you headed up the Dwyer Group when it was known as the Dwyer Group back then. Um, but I know for at least a good chunk of your time as CEO of the Dwyer Group, you were very much committed to your Catholic faith because that's how we discovered you here on the Sunrise Morning Show mm-hmm. is when uh, you were on national television on Undercover Boss and, and that episode began with you attending Mass before going into work and, and starting your time going undercover with with these folks in the service industry that were, were working in your franchises. I mean, how did you do that? As a mom who was a major CEO, uh, wanting to stay committed to your faith. It's all about planning and prioritizing your time. It's interesting you would, you would ask that because I thought to myself this morning before our call, I thought, you know, I, I'm, I'm amazed when I think back uh, of, of my years as CEO and how I made it such a priority to spend time with God, even for my kids. You know, so it's we could talk a lot about that, but I had to plan so carefully and when you get really good at planning and prioritizing, it typically only took me 30 minutes at the end of a week to be very thoughtful about my next week and, and plan out those times that I would attend daily mass, even when I was traveling for business. One of the joys of each trip that I took was finding the nearby Catholic church, which was already on my itinerary. My assistant um, became very proficient at finding the nearby <laughs> Catholic churches and when the daily masses were That's awesome. um, because I wanted to make mass. And that just was so much fun to go visit these beautiful churches and to, to feel at home in every community I went to, regardless of whether it was in the U.S. or outside of the U.S. Yeah. Um, even in Beijing, China, wow. I found a Catholic church to attend Mass. So it's all about prioritizing. Um, you know, just like the Gospel today in Luke, um, where the king was inviting the people to come to the dinner, right? Mm-hmm. And people had, had excuses, and some of the excuses were really good. Yeah. But there's plenty, plenty of time to get it all in. And when we put God first, it's amazing how all the other things, again, just seem to go so much better. Arise, everyone. Attend daily Mass. Read Scripture 10 minutes a day. Invite the Holy Spirit into every decision. Get spiritual direction and Eucharistic adoration. It's a great list, Dina. We will be praying for your talk, praying that the Holy Spirit is with you and all of those women. And thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today with us. Thank you, Annie. You keep up the God work. And you do the same, Dina. Thank you very much. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. The Custos of the Holy Land has appealed that indiscriminate bombing in Gaza stop, saying life is sacred. Father Francesco Paton spoke to Vatican News and expressed fear that the small Christian population in the Holy Land 
will dwindle even further with a new exodus from the region once the conflict ends. He said Christians must be deeply convinced that being Christian in the Holy Land and throughout the Middle East is a special calling, a kind of vocation, and not a curse. But he said, quote, many no longer feel safe, especially those who have families who do not want their children to grow up in an environment of hatred where there is no mutual acceptance between peoples of different ethnic and religious backgrounds, end quote. Meanwhile, the White House says an American toddler is among the hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza. Mark Mayfield reports. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters a three-year-old U.S. citizen whose parents were killed by the militant group during the October the 7th attacks in Israel is believed to be among the more than 200 hostages. Sullivan said securing the release of all hostages is a paramount priority for President Biden. A small number of hostages have been released so far since the start of the war last month. I'm Mark Mayfield. Congress will take up the issue of combating veteran homelessness thanks to a new bipartisan bill. Democrat Josh Harder of California is joining with Florida Republican Byron Donalds to introduce a bill which streamlines communication between the Department of Housing and Urban Development and the Department of Veterans Affairs. In a statement, Donald said the bipartisan bill, quote, helps ensure our government is working for those who fought for it, end quote. A British infant has died after being taken off life support by court order. The Catholic News Agency reports Indy Gregory died in her mother's arms in hospice in the overnight hours Monday. She was eight months old. The the Italian government had granted her Italian citizenship and offered to pay to have her transported to the Vatican Children's Hospital. But her parents lost their appeal and she was taken off life support over the weekend. U.S. bishops begin their fall general assembly in earnest today. They gathered together for mass and prayer in Baltimore yesterday on the feast of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. They begin the public sessions of their meetings today, and those will run through tomorrow and will be live streamed on the USCCB website, usccb.org. Pope Francis met yesterday with members of the School Sisters of Notre Dame, thanking them for making Christ visible by their faith, hope, and charity. From Vatican Radio, Deborah Castellano-Luboff reports. Recalling the foundress's legacy, the Pope told the sisters, it is my hope that you will continue to draw inspiration from the legacy of your foundress, whose anniversary of beatification occurs on the 17th of November, the closing date of their general chapter. The Pope said that this is his hope, especially as they gather to give thanks to Almighty God for his blessings past and present and to discern the future path of their congregation. Blessed Teresa's life, the Pope said, was a testament to the transformative power of faith, the courage to forge new paths, and dedication to educating young people. Recalling that she grounded the congregation in the Eucharist, anchored it in poverty, and dedicated it to Mary, the Pope praised the sisters and their congregation for walking in her footsteps. This firm foundation, the Pope highlighted, has allowed the school sisters of Notre Dame to go out into the whole world and bear witness to the gospel, making Christ visible by their presence, faith, hope, and charity. The Pope praised the sisters for long having been pioneers in embracing the prophetic dimension of consecrated life, which is a living memorial of Jesus' way of living and acting. Your dedication in this regard, the Pope said, is a sign not only of the gift you have made of yourselves to the Lord, but also of your availability to serve in Him. 
him. Holy Father invited them to discern how they can more effectively bear witness to the joy of the gospel. Pope Francis concluded by thanking the sisters for their visit and praying that the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church, protect and help them and be their sure guide on the path. La Virgen Maria, Madre de la Chiesa, vi protega. I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubov. After a win in Ohio, pro-abortion activists are now targeting the state of Florida. A political group is urging the Florida Supreme Court to approve a proposed amendment to ensure abortion access statewide. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour. Sacred Heart Radio's Advent Pledge Drive is Wednesday, December 6th, when local listeners will come together to raise $60,000 to keep pro-life radio alive. So please invite everyone you know to listen now, and then we'll talk to you and everyone who told about us on December 6th. Schneller Knockelman, Plumbing, Heating, and Air are proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, home of the 100% satisfaction guarantee, because our work is done right the first time. For all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning work, Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Looking for a special gift for a loved one this holiday season? Consider an offering of rest, prayer, and a time for reflection. Give the gift of a weekend retreat at the Jesuit Spiritual Center, a time to get away from the busyness of life and embrace God's love and mercy. Call now at 513-248-3500 for more information. That's 513-248-3500. 513-248-3500. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Tuesday, November the 14th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. That's skpha.com. Still going to be pretty nice today. Right now, it's pretty chilly with temperatures in the lower 30s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be mostly sunny and pleasant today with a high of 60 degrees. Tonight, a few clouds and chilly with an overnight low of 34. Mostly sunny with above average temperatures tomorrow, a high of 65 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, sunny skies today and a high of 60 degrees. A few high clouds tonight and an overnight low of 34. Sunny skies again tomorrow and a high of 65 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Download our app at sacredheartradio.com. Sunrise Morning Show continues. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday, the 14th of November. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Steve Ray from CatholicConvert.com, and we've been taking uh, s- several segments at this point uh, to look at the mysteries of the rosary, and today we are finally on the glorious mysteries, how the whole thing wraps up. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Always good to be with you on Tuesday mornings at 735. Set that alarm, man. So, uh, you know, you had, uh, you know, I, I suppose we, you know, if you read evening prayer correctly, we pray prayers related to death uh, every night before we go to bed, um, which makes sense that we would talk about resurrection first thing in the morning. So what do you want to highlight about this first glorious mystery? 
Well, one of the things that's important to remember is that it wasn't just Jesus that rose from the dead. It was He didn't do it himself. All three of the persons of the Trinity do everything together. They're all involved in the, the work of redemption and creation, too, for that matter. So all three persons of the Trinity were involved. You can find in Jesus that I will raise myself. The Father raised him. The Holy Spirit raised him in uh, Romans chapter 8. And it is unquestionable uh, that he did raise. There's a lot of speculation by people that he really didn't raise. He just swooned. He just fell asleep in there, and then he came back alive later. But there was no question. The Roman soldiers knew that he had died, and everybody knew that he had died. And many books have been written. I, there's quite a few that are by etern attorneys who tried to prove that he never really died and ended up concluding that he did and that he rose from the dead. So this is really important to remember that the resurrection was really a dead body in a tomb, clammy and dead. The soul was gone, separated from the body. And Jesus, by his own power and that of the Holy Spirit and the Father, he rose again. That dead, clammy body got warm. Blood started to flow again. And actually, all the blood had drained out, hadn't it, because of the crucifixion. There was he, His body was pretty bloodless by then. But his body came back, blood filled it, and he was warm and the body alive, and he rose from the dead. And that's what we need to remember, that this was a real resurrection, which then knows, gives us the hope that he's going to do the same thing for us on the day of resurrection. Well, and that real body who really rose from the dead really did ascend into heaven, which is a very interesting kind of thing to process because that's also part of our destiny. It quite is. And uh, that's what the angel said. He who has gone up into heaven, why do you stand up there looking into heaven? That's really kind of a silly question, isn't it? You know, Jesus is always on the ground, and all of a sudden he starts going up, 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 and the last thing they see is the bottom of his dirty feet, and he goes up into a cloud, and the angel says, why are you guys looking up into the cloud? Well, because he just went up there. And uh, But the angel made the point that he's going to come back again. And that's our hope that when he comes back again, he's going to take all of us with him up to be in heaven with his father. And if you want to know where Jesus went when he went into the clouds, because he went and he kind of disappeared into the clouds. They didn't see what happened beyond that. But if you go to Daniel chapter 7, 13 and 14 in the Old Testament, Daniel says, I saw in the night visions with the clouds of heaven, there came one like the son of man. He came to the ancient of days, the father and was presented before him and was given dominion and glory and a kingdom which will never be destroyed. So on the other side of the cloud, he's presented to the Father. He's given a throne and a kingdom that will have no end, and we're part of that kingdom. And he fulfills a promise to send the Holy Spirit when he returns to the Father. That's fulfilled only just nine days later. That's the third glorious mystery, the descent of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Absolutely. And that happened in the upper room. So when you pray this mystery, think of that four sacraments related to that one room on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. First of all, you have the institution of the priesthood, the institution of the Eucharist, the institution of confession. And now the Holy Spirit comes down, which you have to see is related to the uh, to the sacrament of confirmation. So you have the third. And also another interesting thing, the whole Old Testament was spent trying to get the Jewish people to understand there's only one God. They kept chasing after all the other gods. And finally, they get to one God. They accept that. Now the Gospels, I want to introduce you to the second person of the Trinity. We are one God, but 
three persons <laughs> now in the book of Acts in the upper room in the descent of the Holy Spirit. Finally, God the Father introduces us to the third person of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit, and he becomes known to us then too. So this is really the, the uh, descent of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost is all tied back into the Old Testament, which is so fascinating, but we certainly don't have time to do that today. Well, there's only really one ascension in the Bible, but there are several assumptions, and of course we talk about the assumption of Mary. If you could, just for this fourth glorious mystery, the assumption of Mary, maybe make that distinction between ascension and assumption. Good. We will all be assumed as well. Ascend means that you go up. It's a first-person active thing. He ascends by himself. He goes up with his own rocket pack, so to speak. God, Jesus does not need someone to bring him up to heaven or assume him. He goes up on his own power. The rest of us, we're not God. We don't have that kind of power to do that. So just like Enoch in the book of Genesis chapter 5, he walked with God and was not for God, took him. He also was assumed into heaven. Elijah was assumed into heaven. That means that God reaches down and picks him up and he takes him up. That's the difference between ascend and assume. All right. And then finally, this is the one where if uh, if you've told a Protestant to, they should check out the rosary because it's all biblical, they'll be like probably tracking with you up till this very last mystery of the rosary. <laughs> and then everybody's like, whoa, wait a second. You tricked me. Uh, but what's something maybe that uh, you'd like to point out today about the coronation of Mary, this fifth glorious mystery uh, that maybe we can meditate on today? There's a lot could be said, but I'm just going to come on now one thing. In, Jesus was a Jewish king. When the angel came to Mary and, and Nazareth, he said, your son will sit on the throne of his father, David. I think Mary's first thought was, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be a queen. And why would Mary, the 15-year-old girl, think that when she heard that her son was going to sit on the throne of David? Because all of the kings of Judea, all the kings that sat on that throne, they put their mother as their queen. First Kings chapter 219, and this one you should follow for the coronation of Mary. This one should be written in neon lights when you pray this rosary. So Bathsheba, the mother of the king, went into Solomon, and he rose to meet her, and he bowed. That word is prostrated himself before her. Then he sat back on his throne, and he had another throne brought for the king's mother, and she sat at his right hand. So now you have the king there, and his mother is seated on another throne at his right hand. And from that point on, every king of Israel had a queen, but it was not his wife. It was always his mother. And Jesus is the best king of Israel there ever was. He's the quintessential king. If Solomon is going to do that for his mother and Jesus is going to continue being the Jewish king, so to speak, then he's also going to seat his mother at his right hand. And that's what Jewish kings do. Indeed. And uh, there are all kinds of things to say about this. But just to get back to the example of King Solomon, King Solomon had hundreds of wives and porcupines, as it were. And uh, <laughs> which one of those would be the queen? Uh, none that's of right, them. He had 1,000 women. None yep. of those women were one. the queen. It was his mom. That's right. Uh, so, and as a matter mom. of fact, if you go through the uh, the the accounts in in the Old Testament that go through the lines of the kings of Israel, you don't notice them saying who their moms were. But if you look at the accounts of every single one of the kings of Judah, it always says when they became king and who their mom was. She's called the Queen Mother, the Gabura, the Grand or Great Lady. And just think of this, too. If you, if a, a father, a king dies and leaves his young son, who's maybe 10 years old, and he ascends to the throne, who's going to teach him how to be king? His mother, because she's already seated there. 
Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing to reflect upon. And there are lots of people who've done incredible stuff on this. Uh, if you want to really get into some of these things, you should check out Brant Petrie's book, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of Mary, that would give you a whole bunch of biblical insight into all of this. But you can also go to CatholicConvert.com, find tons and tons of great stuff from Steve Ray. Steve, thank you as always. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Matt. See you next Tuesday. All right. Until then. And we got Chris McGregor coming up next to do our daily dive into the Office of Readings. I say that it is weekly. Some of us dive in daily, but Chris catches up with us weekly, and she'll share a second century sermon on hope, plus headlines with Anna Mitchell after the break. It's 14 till. Support is from Affirm Films comes Journey to Bethlehem, a Christmas musical film for the whole family. This wasn't a dream. An angel came to me. You are in danger, Mary. This child, what is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem, starring Fiona Palomo, Milo Mannheim, Lecrae, Joel Smallbone, and Antonio Banderas. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere now. Soundtrack also available. More information is at journeytobethlehem.com. Central Fabricators is proud to support the Sunrise Morning Show where you'll get news from the Catholic perspective while keeping you up to date on what's happening in the Vatican as well. It's also a great way to keep in touch with the Catholic faith throughout the week. Central Fabricators, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, is a family-owned business for over 75 years, manufacturing and repairing corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. On the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. Proclaiming the faith, changing lives. The year was 1992. EWTN launches WEWN, the world's largest privately owned shortwave radio facility, to a potential worldwide listening audience of 600 million. To learn more about Mother Angelica's life and the history of EWTN, visit EWTN.com slash Mother Angelica. 12 till. Here's Anna with headlines. The Custos of the Holy Land has appealed for the indiscriminate bombing in Gaza to stop, saying that life is sacred and expressing fears that there will be a new exodus of, from Christians in the Holy Land. The White House says an American toddler is among the hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza and the U.S. bishops begin their fall General Assembly meetings this morning in Baltimore. You can hear news at the top and bottom of each hour right here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Chris McGregor from DiscerningHearts.com. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, my dear friend. How are you doing today? I am doing fine. Always excited to get to talk to you in an interesting one this week. This week's selection from the Office of Readings for the Wednesday of the 32nd week in Ordinary Time. And you were mentioning to me all this week, this is um, the Office of Readings in the, the Ordinary Time readings taken from a second century sermon. Who wrote it? We don't know. 
Who? I sure would like to know. But then on the other <laughs> hand, there's something so wonderful about this because we don't know who it was. So the words have to stand even stronger. Yeah. And somehow they do for uh, 1,800 years at least. This has been such a strong sermon, a strong homily that it it, it has been in, incarnated in the church's prayer here in the Office of Readings. And it's a beautiful reflection, isn't it? It, it really is. Can you give us a sense? You were So this is an excerpt. We're going to be focusing on one of them. But um, can you kind of give us an overall sense of what this sermon is about as, as people track with it through the week? Yeah, I would jump in, everybody. Uh, you know, that's that's the beauty of the Office of Readings. Even online now, you can find the office mm-hmm. for today. And but I, and this isn't for today. This is for tomorrow. But in this whole sermon, he's speaking. I'm I'm assuming it's a he. He's speaking to all of us um, how to live out the Christian life, especially in tumultuous times when we have all kinds of discord and we're fearful and we're afraid. And I mean, how do you do it in the where you're at? And this is what the sermon from the second century is telling us. Ever ancient, ever new, huh? Amen. <laughs> so uh, this particular part that we are focusing on um, launches into a reflection on the virtue of hope. So, so what is said here that really stands out to you, Chris? My goodness, it is all about uh, that hope is, is what will sustain us and not to be afraid. Mm-hmm. It's almost as though John Paul is standing on the loggia again saying, be not afraid. Yes. Because You didn't get quite the vampire voice. Be not afraid. Go ahead. There, there you go. You're very, you're very good at that. <laughs> no, but seriously, what he, yeah, what he's, it's a simple, it's just hello. He's right at the beginning. And so, my brethren, let us do the will of the Father who has called us to life. Focus that, right? That's what all the saints tell us, to do the will of the Father. Let us try harder for virtue and abandon the bad habits which pave the way for crimes to follow. Mm -hmm. For if we try hard to do good, peace will always be with us. That is why men never, never uh, be at peace while they are dragged along by human fears. You can't have peace if you allow the human fears to drag you down. And what really stood out to me in in that particular part, Chris, is the idea of having a fear as being a bad habit. Now, that's not to say, I mean, obviously, we know that, that from a psychological standpoint, like having a reaction to something that's scary, you know, helps protect us in a way but but this but this is a deeper fear i think that that this church father is talking about here and that fear is a bad habit mhm the thing is i mean you're right i i want my kids to have a fear of touching the stove right exactly because it, w- it will hurt them but uh, uh, the human fear like that's how we should feel about sin I don't want to. Don't want to sin. Don't want to touch because, the hot stove. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to touch the hot stove. But the thing is, fear is the is the opposite of trust. And you know what is our Lord always calling us to? Trust me, Jesus. I trust you, and to remember the hope that gives us that endurance. That his his whole thing is about in in this particular sermon about hope. Now, just just a quick reminder: what is hope? 
that hope is first that God keeps his promises. He always keeps his promises. And it may not happen in our time, you know, and where we want it and how we want it, but it is always going to be better because you know that the Father loves you. Mm. He, just the fact that you're alive, he loves you and he wants to be with you. So um, we, we trust in his promises. He'll always keep them and that he's stronger and bigger than us. And okay, what a you... message for us to have as we are right on the cusp of Advent, right, Chris? I mean, as mm-hmm. as we, we talk about, and I'm sure this is something that, that you and I, or it'll definitely be discussed somewhere with someone on the Sunrise Morning Show during Advent, that that beautiful sermon from, from our boy Bernard of Clairvaux <laughs> on the three comings of Christ, that yes, okay, we're remembering Christ coming in a manger 2,000 years ago, but Christ is coming, and we have to live in that hope. In this sermon, it says, let us expect the kingdom of God hourly in love and righteousness, seeing that we do not know the day of his coming. And what are we supposed to do to keep up that hope? I think this is so interesting. Let us do penance. And and this was just kind of a thought that occurred to me while I was while I was reading this, Chris, I'm wondering if you can uh-huh. reflect on it, that the the practice of penance can actually help us to keep up that hope. It's a reminder that Christ is coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, he doesn't say this in the sermon, but a little Carmelite did about 1,800 years later. Yeah. It's called The Little Way. Yeah. And the suffering of the everyday little things, the little tiny pinpricks that may not seem like a suffering, but it's, you know, putting up with the guy you're working next to it in the cubicle who is really obnoxious and not, mm-hmm. you know, allow and, and being kind to him. Yep. And that's a suffering. That's a penance in a way. But you do that. Um, it, we begin to change the world. It through him working through us in love, yep. right? So he's, you know, the, what, the, what the sermon is telling us, let's wipe off the slime of our slime. old sins by doing heartfelt penance with love. Let us recover yeah. our health. Yeah. Let's get better. Let's be who we're supposed to be. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. it's a beautiful sermon, isn't it? It really is. And just as a little note, folks, tomorrow... Wednesday, November the 15th, is 40 days off from Christmas. So maybe a good time to do, uh, you know, kind of an Advent Lent sort of thing and maybe uh, pick a penance to do between now and Christmas to uh, just increase that hope and that longing for the coming of Christ at the, the Feast of the Nativity. We've been talking to Amen. Chris McGregor, and you can find discerninghearts.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Chris, thanks so much for bringing this one to our attention. Thank you for that great act of penance. I love it. What a great <laughs> idea. It. All right, that'll do it for this national edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. 
There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. Support comes from On a Mission to Love. For books, handcrafted gifts for baptism, communion, confirmation, wedding, birthdays, and more. All deeply based in the rosary and devotion to our Holy Mother. Onamissiontolove.com. That's onamissiontolove.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchide, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests served for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Justin at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. I'm Guy. I'm Mara. And I'm Patrick. And we're the Cagney family with Coldwell Banker Realty. We support Sacred Heart Radio. And we help buyers and sellers trying to find their dream homes in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and Florida. 513-347-1888 to talk to the Cagney family. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513-407-8878 or rwpsych.org. This is Father Benedict Kensler, pastor of Our Lady of Victory in Delhi. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Arise, it's a new day. Hear his word. On this Tuesday, November 14th, as we continue through the month dedicated to the Holy Souls, let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, you are our life and resurrection. God of life eternal, we place all our hope in you. Hear our prayers in our last hours and bring us to heaven with you. Source of all joy, consolation and sorrow, receive the souls of the faithful departed into your everlasting rest. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and may perpetual light shine upon them. Father of all who are perfectly just and perfectly merciful, remember your covenant with your children, that those souls who linger in purgatory for their purification may be swiftly drawn to perfect happiness with the saints in heaven. 
We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. It is a better way to continue through a Tuesday, the Sunrise Morning Show. Thanks for being along here on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. We are just a few weeks away from our December 6th pledge drive for the Feast of St. Nicholas. So as you get everything else together and think about all your other plans, please do consider Sacred Heart Radio. we got a goal of $60,000 one day, and I know for a fact that we've got the most generous listeners on planet Earth. So I am uh, praying that you will... You know, figure out what the Lord is asking you to do in that regard and help us out to continue to be a voice for life and truth and beauty and goodness and all the rest in the tri-state and beyond. Uh, I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman has sports. And up this hour, we will also check in with Kevin Schmeezing for a look at this week in Catholic history. Dr. Jared Stout will uh, discuss an Institute of Catholic Culture study on Benedict XVI's Jesus of Nazareth series, which is it just it's just excellent stuff. I'm very excited to hear that uh, the ICC is doing a study on it. Father Patrick Briscoe has some thoughts about what's going to be on the agenda at the USCCB fall meeting. And then Dr. Jeffrey Morrow has been walking through the Old Testament book by book with us. He did the Catholic Guide for the Old Testament for Ascension Press, he and a few others. And today we are in First Maccabees. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now it's two minutes past. News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Israeli forces are continuing to advance in Gaza. The White House says an American toddler is among the hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters a three-year-old U.S. citizen whose parents were killed by Hamas during the October 7th attacks in Israel is believed to be among the more than 200 hostages being held. Sullivan said securing the release of all hostages is a paramount priority for the United States. Meanwhile, the Custos of the Holy Land has appealed for the indiscriminate bombing of Gaza to stop. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. The Custos of the Holy Land, Father Francesco Patton, has reiterated that the fighting in the Strip must spare civilian lives. Tutti quanti cooperino per far cessare. Everyone must cooperate to stop the bombing of civilians. We must begin to consider the human person as sacred again. The Italian Franciscan friar participated in the 16th day of the Association of the Holy Land, which took place at the Pontifical University Antonianum in Rome on the 11th of November. In an interview he granted to Vatican News on the sidelines of the event, Father Patton stressed the urgent need to save and protect all human lives, which he recalled are sacred for Jews, Christians and Muslims. Asked about the situation of the small Christian community living under the bombs in Gaza, most of which is currently sheltering in the Roman Catholic Church of the Holy Family, Father Patton expressed his hope that at least places of worship are respected. As for the future, the Cassus said he feared that once the war is over, there will be a new exodus of Christians. Many no longer feel safe, especially those who have families who do not want their children to grow up in an environment of hatred, he explained. However, Father Patton highlighted that it is vital for Christians to stay, also noting that they have an important role to play as bridges between Palestinians and Israelis. If they leave, he said, the space for coexistence will be further reduced. 
I am Lisa Zingarini. Congress will take up the issue of combating veteran homelessness thanks to a new bipartisan bill. Democrat Josh Harder of California is joining with Florida Republican Byron Donalds to introduce a bill which would streamline communication between the Department of Housing and Urban Development and the Department of Veterans Affairs. In a statement, Donald says the bipartisan bill helps ensure that our government will work for those who fought for it. The U.S. bishops begin their fall general assembly in earnest today. They gathered together for mass and prayer in Baltimore yesterday on the feast of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. The mass was offered for peace and reconciliation in a troubled world. USCCB President Archbishop Timothy Broglio said in his homily, quote, St. Francis Cabrini even obliged the poor to give from their poverty to help those more needy than they. It was also a way of insisting on the dignity of all and the common responsibility for others. It is a message that is very appropriate today and every day. Charity demands our attention to the little ones, the weak, the simple, fraternal correction, and unlimited pardon to those who ask. End quote. The public sessions of the bishop's meeting take place today and tomorrow and will be live streamed on the bishop's site. And new consumer price numbers will be out this morning. Analysts are expecting they will show inflation cooling. The consensus is that prices rose a tenth of a percent in October over September and 3.3 percent over the same time last year. The report will factor heavily into the Fed's next decision on interest rates. Coming up on 8.07 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lachman. Well, Monday Night Football was a devastating loss for the Buffalo Bills. Will Lutz drilled a 36-yard field goal as time expired as the Broncos edged the Bills 24-22 from Highmark Stadium. Lutz delivered a game-winning kick after he had missed his first attempt from 41 yards, but the Bills had 12 players on the field and were penalized, oh, giving Will Lutz another chance, man. and he buried a 36-yard field goal to give him the win. Russell Wilson was sharp, 24 of 29, 193 yards uh, total uh, passing yards and two touchdowns in the win. Broncos have uh, won three in a row. They're four and five just right there in the playoff picture all of a sudden as Buffalo drops to uh, five and five. Xavier Musketeers played the number two team in the country and it showed 83-71 final score from Purdue. Uh, Musketeers were formidable but uh, took the loss. Uh, X will be in action against Washington. I believe this is either Friday night or technically Saturday morning. They play at 12 a.m. So uh, in they, Washington, yeah, in Washington. So wow. I mean, yeah, rough, uh, rough go of it there. Eey. Well, they're college students; they stay up late. They'll anyway, be right? fine. Uh, Musketeers also uh, received some votes for the top twenty-five, um, which you know that's uh, that's good. Well, when you but, track with the number two team in the nation, yeah, I mean, keep uh, it close. Kept it, kept it's it worth uh, worth consideration for a top twenty-five. Yeah, especially with some. Uh, Top 25 teams losing uh, yesterday. I know Villanova was upset by Penn. So there's oh, wow. there's, there's, there's always a shakeup here and there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, Duke, Duke barely uh, in the top 25 as well. They lost to Arizona. So. 
just get that little it's, it's early it's early dig into Sorry, legal ken. and political analyst ken craycraft who's i know a Duke blue devils fan that's okay all right let's get to uh traffic here on a tuesday traffic and service of rose automotive pre-owned vehicles on erie highway in hamilton on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. What you got? Well, an accident in the Dayton area blocking the right lane of southbound 75 at Needmore. You're stacked up behind it back toward the 70 interchange. In Cincinnati, just uh, a few slowdowns to report. So southbound 75, a little slow from Tylersville down toward Union Center Boulevard. Not sure if there was an earlier accident there, but uh, you're slow right now. And then you'll, of course, be slow as you head through the Lachlan split. Southbound 71, you're on the brakes from Kings Island down to the Norwood Lateral. Northbound 7175 is slowing from Burlington Pike up to the cut in the hill. Northbound 471 from 275 up to the river. And a few heavy spots here and there, but nothing nothing else super major at this point. Now, weather, going to be pretty nice again today. I know it's been really kind of cold in the mornings, but we've been getting some nice warm-ups, and that continues uh, over the next couple of days at least. Mostly sunny skies in Cincinnati today with a high of 60 degrees. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 34. Mostly sunny tomorrow and a high of 65 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, sunny skies today and a high of 60. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 34. Sunny again tomorrow and a high of 65 degrees. These are those days when you send your kids to school with like a coat and then they just leave them at school because it's too hot to wear them in the afternoon. So just I be admit, aware yeah. of the lost and found this week, moms I ha- and dads. I have an extra hoodie in the car that I, you know. You just keep around just in case. Just in case. Yep, yep. Kids, hang on to your coats. Don't forget them. Even if you're not wearing them, don't forget to get them out. Get them off the hook. Bring them home. You'll need them tomorrow. Today is Tuesday, November the 14th. Happy to have you along with us here on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 11 past now. Matt? It is time for a look at This Week in Catholic History with Kevin Schmeezing, author of A Catholic Pilgrimage Through American History. Kevin, good morning. Hey, Matt. Good morning. You know, we've been talking a lot about governors lately. Which governor are we talking about today? Yeah, we have been talking about the complicated question of the first Catholic governor, and this would be one candidate, Matt, Peter Burnett, uh, elected in California this week in 1849. It depends how you define the term. So Peter Burnett um, was born in 1807 in Nashville, Tennessee, into a slaveholding family. He was raised in Missouri, failed to prosper there. And so like many other Americans at this time, seeking a new start, he headed west. He spent several years in Oregon, where he became involved in politics. It was during that time that he also became interested in Catholicism. He had been a member of the Disciples of Christ, and one part of his conversion story is reading the 1837 Purcell-Campbell debate. That's an episode we've talked about before, a public debate between one of the founders of the Disciples of Christ, Alexander Campbell, and the Bishop of Cincinnati, John Purcell. With his wife and children, Burnett joined the Catholic Church in Oregon City in 1846. Two years later, he joined the gold rush to California, made a fortune there in land speculation, and on November 13th, this week in 1849, After California achieved independence from Mexico, but before it was a U.S. state, Burnett was elected as its first governor. 
California became a state in 1850. Burnett resigned shortly thereafter, apparently due to personal financial troubles. He recovered, though, and later served as a California Supreme Court justice, a bank president, and in other capacities. He died in 1895 and is buried at the cemetery of the Mission of Santa Clara. There had been a number of institutions in California named after him, but many of those have been renamed in recent years in light of racially discriminatory discriminatory policies he promoted and enforced during his time as governor. The Catholic convert Peter Burnett was elected governor of California this week in 1849. All right. We've also got a Jesuit to talk about this week. And, uh, well, I mean, I never know when I'm bringing up a Jesuit if it's going to be more controversial or less controversial than the last piece we discussed. <laughs> You're about to find out. So this is another Peter. This one, not a convert, but Matt, you hinted at it. He was also involved in a controversy, though of a different sort. This one is Father Peter Gumpel, and he was born 100 years ago this week, November 15th, 1923. Born in Hanover, the son of German nobility, part of the Hohenzollern dynasty. This was a fact that Gumpel hid during his life. He changed his surname and told very few people about it. It only became widely known after his death. Some say his motivation was humility, others that it was a means of protecting himself and his family during the rise of Nazism in Germany, which occurred while he was a boy. Gumpel's grandfather and cousin were in fact executed by the Nazis. They were targeted because of the family's aristocratic stature, their devout Catholicism, and their opposition to Nazism and anti-Semitism. Peter himself fled Germany. He spent some time in the Netherlands, where he was part of the anti-Nazi resistance. There he joined the Society of Jesus. He had decided on that path as a child with the help of advice given by a family friend, the papal nuncio to Germany, Eugenio Pacelli, who would become Pope Pius XII. In 1960, Gumpel was appointed as the Jesuit procurator in the Congregation for the Causes of Saints. That's where he would spend most of the rest of his life. He assisted with more than 100 causes, including those of American saints, Kateri Tekawitha, Philippine Duchesne, and Catherine Drexel but his name is most closely associated with the cause of a not-yet-saint, Pope Pius XII. During the controversies over Pius's relationship with Nazism and Jews that has raged off and on over the last 60 years or so, Gumpel emerged as one of the Pope's most redoubtable defenders. His defense was successful as far as the Vatican was concerned. Pope Benedict XVI declared Pius XII venerable in 2009. His cause awaits the necessary miracles for beatification and canonization. Father Peter Gumpel died in 2022, a month away from his 99th birthday, because his day of birth was this week, back in 1923. Wow, when you said that there was someone who was born in 1923, I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, you know, we'll find out what the long view of history is in regard to that person. But my goodness, <laughs> I didn't realize he lived that long. What an extraordinary story and what extraordinary implications. And uh, who knows what... Uh, his passing might allow for more exploration in regard to. Kevin Schmeezing, we've got your book, A Catholic Pilgrimage Through American History, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you as always. Have a great day. Thanks, Matt. You too. All right, we've got traffic and weather coming up after the break. It's 16 minutes past the hour. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith, where Margie Christie will share the latest news from Dayton Wright to Light. Alan McLearado will talk about the dangers of teenagers and pornography. I'll reflect on the importance of checking the oil of the Holy Spirit in your souls, with frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon, beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ. 
Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, Merlot, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay. When you're looking for an extensive selection of fine handcrafted wines from around the world, it's the BFM Wine Shop on Bridgetown Road. BFM Wine stocks over a thousand labels of high quality wine from boutique wineries and small producers. There's also the Wine of the Month, their e-newsletter, and pairing suggestions with fine food. The BFM Wine Shop, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, on the web at BridgetownFinderMeats.com. Looking for a special gift for a loved one this holiday season? Consider an offering of rest, prayer, and a time for reflection. Give the gift of a weekend retreat at the Jesuit Spiritual Center, a time to get away from the busyness of life and embrace God's love and mercy. Call now at 513-248-3500 for more information. That's 513-248-3500, 513-248-3500. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened, and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymade.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust. 18 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show, and this traffic report is a service of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio, on the web at larkincobb.com. Few major slow spots in the Cincinnati area. Southbound 71 between Kings Island and the Norwood Lateral. You're also slowing on north, northbound 71 between the Lateral and Pfeiffer. Southbound 75 slowing as you head through the Lachlan Split. Northbound 75 slowing from uh, just before the Norwood Lateral, probably around Mitchell. And then once you get up toward Galbraith and GE, you, you should be fine. Southbound 75 in the Dayton area, still slow because of an earlier accident between I-70 and Needmore. And then in northern Kentucky, northbound 71-75 on the brakes from Turfway up to the Cut in the Hill. Northbound 471, still slowing from 275 up to the river. Now for weather. Mostly sunny today in Cincinnati with a high of 60 degrees. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 34, mostly sunny tomorrow, and a high of 65. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, sunny skies today and a high of 60. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 34, sunny tomorrow, and a high of 65 degrees. Please join me in the prayer for Ohio. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart all for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Dr. Jared Stout joins us next. It's 20 past. 
Let there be light are the first words that God spoke in the Bible. But even though we chose the darkness of sin, Father Rob Jack reflects on how God overcame the darkness by sending us the light of the world for Sacred Heart Radio's Christmas newsletter. And to bring the light of the world to everyone, use the QR card that we sent so everyone can download the Sacred Heart Radio app. Then on Wednesday, December 6th, local Catholics will prove to those pushing to silence pro-life radio that we are an immovable force by raising $60,000 during Sacred Heart Radio's Advent Pledge Drive. And with our Pledge Drive on the Feast of St. Nicholas, you'll meet the big man himself that delivered the Sunrise Morning Show on video. You'll also read how we're planning to sweeten the deal when Sacred Heart Radio visits your parish along with the updated program schedule and more. To receive the Christmas newsletter with the QR card, visit SacredHeartRadio.com and click on Newsletter Sign Up. All are precious in God's sight, no matter our age, race, ability, or residence. Yet many lives are threatened, especially in the womb. Cincinnati Right to Life works to protect the good gift of life at every age and every stage. For more information, go to CincinnatiRightToLife.org. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at TheAbrasiveOne.com. That's the number one, TheAbrasiveOne.com. Hi, this is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. If you need life insurance, I can help process the best options for you and your family. You can reach me at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. With us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Jared Stout. He is author of How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization from Tan Books. Today, we're going to be talking about a free study that he's going to be doing for the Institute of Catholic Culture over the next few months over at instituteofcatholicculture.org. Good morning, Dr. Stout. Good morning. So Jesus of Nazareth, Discovering Christ with Pope Benedict the 16th. This will be taking place on various Monday nights. The first one is this coming Monday, November the 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. How will you be conducting this series, Dr. Stout? Well, this isn't a class, it's a book study. So I certainly will be offering my thoughts on what we're reading, but there will be more time for interaction and questions and comments than we would have in a normal class. And Jesus of Nazareth is in three volumes. And, and one of the, the neat things about this study is how we're lining up with the liturgical year. Yeah. The main volume of Jesus of Nazareth is focused on Jesus's public ministry from the baptism onward. But during Advent, we're actually going to take a break from that. And we're going to look at the infancy narratives, which was actually the final part of the trilogy um, and then we'll pick back up after Christmas to finish that that first main volume. But then when we get into Lent, we're going to be switching over to the second volume, which is focused on Holy Week. Nice. 
I am so pumped about this, and in particular because of the reading plan, which, by the way, folks, if you want to see the reading plan so that you know what to read ahead of time to be part of the study, um, you can go to instituteofcatholicculture.org, and uh, there's little card on the front page of the live events page anyway that uh, that you can click on and and a link there to download the reading plan and to register again this is for free uh, to be a part of this with Dr. Stout and Dr. Stout I'm just wondering you know why you wanted to do this series I mean we love Benedict the 16th but what do you think is is the brilliance of this Jesus of Nazareth trilogy in, in how Pope Benedict really illuminates and, and helps us to, I guess, appreciate, for lack of a better word, the life of our Lord? You know, it's very personal for me because when I was in high school, I, I was being taught the Old Testament through this textbook. And the textbook just explained everything away. You know, no, nothing mm. really happened the way that the Bible said it did and, wow. you know, this and that and all. I, I stood up at the end of the class and I ripped the book in half and threw it in the trash can. Wow. And after that, I just avoided biblical studies. <laughs> I mean, I have a doctorate in theology and I just avoided biblical study. Wow. wow. And actually, um, it was during my graduate studies that Benedict became Pope. And it's interesting. He started this series before he became Pope, but he wrote most of it while he was Pope. And so it's it's pretty extraordinary for a Pope to be working on a theological project like this that's not officially a part of his duties or even part of his magisterial teaching. This was a personal work. Um, but reading it completely changed the way that I approached the Bible. I think I always personally, you know, w w had a spiritual devotion to the Bible, but academically, you know, really opened my eyes and taught me the right way to, to read the Bible for theology. And that is, well, first of all, that the Bible is talking about real things, right? So Benedict very strongly points us to the historical reality, especially of Jesus, but of the narrative of the Bible as a whole. Secondly, that he's reading this along with the whole tradition of the church, right? So that we're, we're not just picking up the Bible today and then trying to figure it all out on our own. But then the third thing, and, and this is what made a lot of difference for me, is that because the Bible is rooted in historical realities, that modern historical critical studies can actually be helpful because they help us to understand the time. He said, now, we can't take that too far, right? We, we shouldn't expect modern historical studies to be able to tell us about the truth of the Bible. You know, they, they all claim that they can, but he says they don't. And so we need to have a hermeneutic of faith, which he also calls an ecclesial hermeneutic. A hermeneutic is a way of interpreting. So the way that we interpret the Bible must be rooted, first of all, in faith, but second of all, in the community of the church. And then we can take the fruits of modern historical studies and bring them into a hermeneutic of faith. 
that was revolutionary for me and and it's deeply impacted me and i'm i'm very excited to get into this with everybody in the study so can you explain how that is done i think so many of us in modern times feel like we have to impose ourselves onto scripture rather than receiving it with the eyes and and the mind and the heart of faith yeah i mean here's a basic example the Jews were expecting the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you could look into the text itself, you know, and when you when you see the word Christ, it can be hard even linguistically, and this is why it's important to unpack this. When people call Jesus the Christ, the word Christ means Messiah. So what were the Jews expecting for, for, for a Messiah? And how did Jesus change those expectations? If you're just sitting down, even as a faithful Catholic, and you're trying to read the text on your own, you're going to have a hard time doing that. But if you look at modern historical scholarship, they're going to say, well, well, let's look at all the other contemporary sources. What did other people at the time say that they thought the Messiah uh, would be like? Who were other people claiming to be the Messiah? Because there were people claiming to be the Messiah. And, and what were they claiming to do? Like to lead a military revolt, for instance, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Pope Benedict will say, well, what did the church fathers say about understanding the identity of the Christ, you know? And he brings these things together in, in a beautiful synthesis, right? And so he is very devotional, right? So th- these things d- do relate to our own relationship with God. But there are historical realities that can be studied and that do actually help us to understand what we believe better because we can know more about the time, right? Um, But also ecclesial that we really aren't reading this in in isolation. We're we're joining a a, a people that goes back thousands of years who have been trying to understand the will of God as he's revealing it. Well, that's what's so incredible about the fact that we have a God who came into history. We can use it all. Yeah, and and we always say that, you know, with the Catholic approach, that it's, a, a, you know, both and, not either or. Mm-hmm. And I certainly, I think, had an, an either or mentality with Scripture. Like, okay, for me, this is what I believe. This is my faith. I, it, I, I listen to the Scriptures at church. And as a theologian, well, I, I'm not going to pay attention to all those historical critics because they're just trying to undermine the truth of the Bible, you know. And Benedict says, no. We don't have to be afraid of that, and th- there's a lot we can use, and we also have to be wise enough not to get drawn down into all these problematic conclusions. So we just have to be judicious and to, to take what is good and leave behind what isn't. That's awesome. We're talking to Dr. Jared Stout and his uh, his study series on Pope Benedict XVI's Jesus of Nazareth trilogy begins this coming Monday, November the 20th. And then you've got another class coming up uh, the following Monday, Dr. Stout. What all, for folks that want to to register and be a part of it, what all will you be covering in these uh, first two lessons? Well, the, the first class, we're going up to about page 60. Mm-hmm. And then the following week, we'll be doing about the same, tacking on a similar number of pages. So um, that's how we were getting started just hitting those uh, initial chapters. Awesome. And but, the you know, red I one. think even, what's that? In the red one, the red. 
book. Yes, so yeah. that's right. The main <laughs> volume, volume one, is is where we're starting for the first two sessions and then switching over to the infancy narratives. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say before I cut you off there? No, I, I, I was just saying that, you know, I, I think because of the way we're setting this up, you know, if you're, if you're not able to, to do the reading for Monday, I think you're still coming and, and you're going to be set up really well with an introduction for the whole work. And so I, I just wouldn't be put off if, if you can't, you know, get those 60 pages in by Monday. Uh, you'll, you'll be able to, to jump right in and follow along from there. Absolutely. Institute of Catholic Culture dot org is where you can go to sign up for this Jesus of Nazareth study with Dr. Jared Stout. Dr. Stout, I'm so looking forward to being a part of it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. It is 33 minutes past the hour now. It's time for news. The Custos of the Holy Land has appealed for indiscriminate bombing in Gaza to stop, saying life is sacred. Father Francesco Paton was speaking to Vatican News and expressed fear that the small Christian population in the Holy Land will dwindle even further with a new exodus from the region once the conflict ends. He said, quote, Christians must be deeply convinced that being Christian in the Holy Land and throughout the Middle East is a special calling, a kind of vocation, and not a curse. But he said, quote, many no longer feel safe, especially those who have families who do not want their children to grow up in an environment of hatred where there is no mutual acceptance between people of different ethnic and religious backgrounds, end quote. The White House says an American toddler is among the hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza. Mark Mayfield reports. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters a three-year-old U.S. citizen whose parents were killed by the militant group during the October the 7th attacks in Israel is believed to be among the more than 200 hostages. Sullivan said securing the release of all hostages is a paramount priority for President Biden. A small number of hostages have been released so far since the start of the war last month. I'm Mark Mayfield. A British infant has died after being taken off life support by court order. The Catholic News Agency reports Indy Gregory died in her mother's arms in hospice in the overnight hours Monday. She was eight months old. The Italian government had granted her Italian citizenship and offered to pay to have her transported to the Vatican Children's Hospital, Bambino Gesù. But her parents lost their appeal in a U.K. court and she was ordered to be taken off life support over the weekend. The U.S. bishops begin their fall General Assembly in earnest today. They gathered together for Mass and prayer in Baltimore yesterday on the Feast of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. And the meetings, the public sessions of the bishops' meeting take place today and tomorrow. They are going to be live-streamed on the USCCB site, usccb.org. Pope Francis met yesterday with members of the School Sisters of Notre Dame, thanking them for making Christ visible by their faith, hope, and charity. From Vatican Radio, Deborah Castellano-Lubov reports. Recalling the foundress's legacy, the Pope told the sisters, it is my hope that you will continue to draw inspiration from the legacy of your foundress, whose anniversary of beatification occurs on the 17th of November, the closing date of their general chapter. The Pope said that this is his hope, especially as they gather to give thanks to Almighty God for his blessings past and present and to discern the future path of their congregation. Blessed Teresa's life, the Pope said, was a testament to the transformative 
power of faith, the courage to forge new paths, and dedication to educating young people. Recalling that she grounded the congregation in the Eucharist, anchored it in poverty, and dedicated it to Mary, the Pope praised the sisters and their congregation for walking in her footsteps. This firm foundation, the Pope highlighted, has allowed the school sisters of Notre Dame to go out into the whole world and bear witness to the gospel, making Christ visible by their presence, faith, hope, and charity. The Pope praised the sisters for long having been pioneers in embracing the prophetic dimension of consecrated life, which is a living memorial of Jesus' way of living and acting. Your dedication in this regard, the Pope said, is a sign not only of the gift you have made of yourselves to the Lord, but also of your availability to serve in Him. The Holy Father invited them to discern how they can more effectively bear witness to the joy of the gospel. Pope Francis concluded by thanking the sisters for their visit and praying that the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church, protect and help them and be their sure guide on the path. La Virgen Maria, Madre de la Chiesa, vi protega. I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubov. 8.37 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Luckman. Thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. Uh, last night, Thursday night football, Will Lutz drilled a 36-yard field goal as time expired to give the Denver Broncos a 24-22 upset win over the Buffalo Bills at Highmark Stadium, Lutz delivered the game-winning kick after he missed his first uh, attempt from 41 yards, but the Bills called for a penalty on the play. Too many players on the field. Broncos improved to 4-5. and five. Bills dropped to 5-5. Five and five. Last night, College Hoops, Xavier Musketeers faced the number two team in the nation, the Purdue Boilermakers, and the Muskies were defeated 83-71. X back in action after... Uh, with a 2-1 record, will visit Washington on Saturday. Bengals hoping to get a uh, key piece of their defense to suit up on Thursday night, but uh, doesn't look good. Trey Hendrickson had an MRI on his knee and shows that he uh, only had a hyperextension. He could be listed as day-to-day. Bengals and Ravens take uh, take the field Thursday night, and uh, Cincinnati winner at 5-4. and four. That's a check-in on sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. Sacred Heart Radio volunteers. Wednesday, December 6th is our Advent Pledge Drive, and we need volunteers to answer phones from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. that day. If you can help, even for an hour, call 513-731-7740 or visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. We need your help to raise $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. If you can answer phones anytime that day, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. 
Uptown Catholic invites all to a healing service Saturday, November 11th at St. Monica St. George Church in Clifton. Worship begins at 6.30 p.m. and the healing service at 7. For more information, visit sacredheartradio.com slash event. I am Deacon Mike Minnery, a prayer for motherhood. Oh, good St. Gerard, powerful intercessor before God. You who on earth did always fulfill God's design, help me to do the holy will of God. We beseech the master of life from whom all paternity proceeds to render to me fruitful in offering that I may raise up children to God in this life and heirs to the kingdom of his glory in the world to come. Amen. Father Patrick Briscoe joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He is editor of Our Sunday Visitor. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Anna. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us. So the U.S. bishops are gathering in Baltimore for their fall general assembly this week. And I've got to start out with this because it's the big news of the weekend. Notably not going to be with them is the now former bishop of Tyler, Texas, Bishop Joseph Strickland. Uh, Do you think this is going to be the elephant in the room in Baltimore this week? Yeah, it's a good question, Anna. I mean, I do, I do recall after Bishop Martin Hawley was relieved of the administration of the Diocese of Memphis in Tennessee, but Bishop Hawley did attend the fall meeting. Um, and it seems that it seems that um, Bishop Hawley was removed from from his uh, oversight of the diocese for administrative re- reasons, and something like that could be the case with Bishop Strickland. Although certainly uh, Bishop Hawley didn't have the same kind of public presence, uh, the the Twitter profile and all of the rest uh, that Bishop Strickland did. So so he could he you know for all we know he could show up in Baltimore, but but I I think it would be unlikely. Yeah, I think he said on social media that he is not planning on attending, um, which will make the conversation in the hall a little shall we say less interesting <laughs> he's always been pretty outspoken in his opinions at these meetings right well it's it's true and in fact um one of the points that we're certainly going to see debated at length is abortion um yeah. the bishops are going to reissue uh faithful citizenship forming consciousness for faithful citizen citizenship the advisory and catechetical document uh teaching on how to approach elections and during the last update to that document, now Cardinal McElroy of San Diego, then Bishop McElroy, uh, objected to some of the language about abortion. And Bishop Strickland was one of the first bishops to respond, along with Archbishop Chaput, who is retired, um, to, to take a, the opposing view from Cardinal McElroy. So, so that, uh, that coming debate about faithful citizenship and certainly about abortion uh, you know, is, is the kind of place where we would have seen typically an intervention from Bishop Strickland. Well, I wanted to ask you about the topic of abortion with the meetings moving forward, because I saw that faithful citizenship was on the agenda. I mean, this coming in the wake, I mean, what, it's a little more than a year since Roe v. Wade has been overturned, and the pro-life movement has suffered a number of defeats um, when abortion has been put up for a vote. Most recently here in Ohio, Father Briscoe, it was a devastating loss. In Ohio, we are enshrining abortion in the state constitution. I mean, there is a lot of work to be done 
to establish a culture of life and legally protect the unborn. Absolutely. I, I don't think it could be any more clear that uh, that our political initiatives begin with abortion, that it is, that it is the preeminent political issue of our day. Uh, but, 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 but we'll certainly see what, what, the bishops, uh, what the bishops decide. I think, that, uh, I think that one of the things that has been argued in the past is that the emphasis on abortion uh, separates the bishops from their union with Pope Francis, and that's just not true. The Holy Father is extremely pro-life, and there would be no reason to be cautious about uh, to be cautious about that. So, so again, we'll see what they say. We'll see what they say in the meeting on, along those lines. I mean, I never heard Benedict the Sixteenth compare abortion to hiring a hitman. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yes. So exactly. I'm really not yes. sure where they're getting that idea from that this would somehow separate themselves from Pope Francis. But what else is on the agenda this week that you're going to be watching, Father? Well, some things are some things are uh, administrative things that are that are encouraging or interesting, such as the uh, such as the vote to support uh, the bishops of England and Wales uh, in their move to propose John Henry Newman as a doctor of the church. Mm, uh, nice. So that, that's a that's a kind of a spiritual and interesting thing, and that would cement um, certainly John Henry Newman's contributions to theology, which are extraordinary. Another another move that would that that could impact the faithful would be um, advancing Mother Teresa to be an, an optional memorial on the liturgical calendar so that she could be regularly uh, regularly celebrated in a in a in a kind of stable way. Um, so 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 votes like this that that uh, that would uh, that that would uh, coordinate the way or direct the way we celebrate some of the saints. Um, we'll also see we'll also see updates from the Synod. I mean that that's going to be one of the livelier discussions <laughs> I expect. Um, that'll be led by Bishop Flores, um, uh, among others. So so that that kind of presentation of 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 the Synod publicly among the U.S. bishops will be, will be something to watch. Yeah, that's also going to be a place where Bishop Strickland's voice will be noticeably absent. I think, but uh, Archbishop Cordelione of of San Francisco has certainly been vocal in that regard. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and of course we have uh, uh, also on the synod we have um, Bishop Kevin Rhodes of Fort Wayne South Bend, uh, who who has been actively involved in the doctrine committee as well as a lot of the the approaches to the synod of the Church in the U.S. He's got a strong voice there. So, will our Sunday visitor be covering all of this this week, Father? Absolutely. Please follow us at OurSundayVisitor.com. You can find that linked at SunriseMorningShow.com. Check out all their great coverage of the news in the church and around the world. Father, it was good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me on. You bet. Always happy to have you. All right. 13 till Dr. Jeffrey Morrow joins us next. Why do so many businesses choose to underwrite Sacred Heart Radio? It's because our radio signals reach over 600,000 Catholics locally who've told us they want to use the businesses they hear on Sacred Heart Radio. Listeners that are also in the perfect target consumer group, according to our latest survey. And this is the ideal time to get your business in front of our listeners with our special Christmas underwriting packages. To find out more, email me, Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. 
work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers, doctors David and Michael Rothen, have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Central Fabricators. Central Fabricators is currently seeking welders for their ASME code fabrication shop. They're looking for hardworking professionals who enjoy meeting challenges and surpassing customer expectations. Candidates are required to have experience in fit-up and welding. This is long-term employment in a secure, rewarding full-time career with a four-day work week, health care and dental benefits, and paid vacations. More information at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. weekly Old Testament Bible study here on the Sunrise Morning Show using a Catholic guide to the Old Testament from Ascension Press. You can get your own copy at ascensionpress.com slash Old Testament. And we are back here with Dr. Jeffrey Morrow, one of the contributors to the guide. Good morning, Dr. Morrow. Good morning. It's great to be here again. It is great to have you again and excited to get to study with you today. First, Maccabees. Now, I want to start off by asking just what is the importance of, of this book and, of course, Second Maccabees as well, but we'll have a whole separate segment on that uh, next time. But the importance of this book in terms of, of understanding the big picture of salvation history. Oh, gosh, that's a great question. I think at several levels it's important, one of which is it takes place during that time Protestant scholars will often call the intertestamental period between the Old and the New Testament. Of course, we believe this is part of the Old Testament, so it's not intertestamental, but it's giving us a window into the life of Jews in Israel a couple hundred years before Jesus shows up. So it's giving us kind of a picture of what's continued going on and the importance of worship, the importance of fidelity to God, and in a sense, preparation for the coming of the Christ. Yeah, so this is a good setup for us. Who are the Maccabees? Well, the Maccabees are named after um, the, the father Matthias, the father of the family, um, and it's basically named after Judas Maccabeus. So Judas's name, he's called the Maccabee, Maccabeus, mm-hmm. and because he becomes the most famous son of Matthias, and they, really the hero of the early part of the book, they all get known as the Maccabees, or they could be called the Hasmoneans. That's actually the more proper name. And they're the heroes of Israel. They're actually Levites, so they're a priestly people. A priestly people. So uh, you talk about in the book about how this this first book of Maccabees can be divided into, like, four parts. So can you take us through the the the, the outline of, of what happens in this first book of Maccabees? Yeah, I, yeah. I would, I would. Um, what I would do is I would walk through the way in which it's organized according to the leader. So I would actually divide up a little bit, even smaller por- portions than that. Oh, sure. Um, so first Maccabees, it's really Alexander the Great conquers the whole region and then he dies, and it gets divided up 
And so in this region, Antiochus Epiphanes starts to persecute the Jewish people. So the way in which this one is structured really is organized a lot around the sons of Matatias. And so you have Judas, Jonathan, right? They're Levites, and this is kind of a problem because the Levites are not to be the rulers of the people. Mm. The tribe of Judah, right, the descendants of David are to be the rulers of the people. And so the drama unfolds with the persecution of the Jews, and they're forcing them, they're forcing them to hide their circumcision. They're forcing them to eat unclean animals and to worship false gods on false altars. And they remove the altar, they defile the temple in Jerusalem. And so they ask Matthias, you know, you sacrifice. And he says, no, I'm not going to do that. And so he refuses, and his family, they go off into the hills, and they engage in guerrilla warfare, basically, to defend the people. And at the very end, what they do is they, they rededicate the temple. They drive out the Greeks by force. They purify the temple. They rededicate it. And this is where the Feast of Hanukkah comes from. Oh, tell us more. Okay, so this is, so the Feast of Hanukkah is the rededication of the temple. And so... Um, I'll just say a couple things on how this points to the New Testament as well, if I may. Yeah, please. So Hanukkah, we think of the, the miracle of the oil, which is actually not in either First or Second Maccabees. That's a Jewish tradition from the Talmud. But the heart of it is they're going to rededicate the temple. And so Hanukkah celebrates that. And so the early Christians, before the Roman Empire was Christianized, they understood Jesus as being born around that time, Christmas, because he's the new temple. And so how fitting would it be for he, mm-hmm. him to be born around the feast of the rededication of the temple. But, of course, what Maccabees sets up in place is really a preparation for King Herod the Great, right? Because, as we know, Herod, they were Jewish converts. They were Idumeans from this time period, which are the ancient Edomites. And they were thinking, well, gosh, the, you know, if the, if the Levites can be leaders, well, we can be the leaders. We're the famous converts. And so they make a deal with Rome once the Roman Empire comes in to lead the people. So really what we find happening during the time of the Maccabees sets us up nicely for the New Testament, even though the Greeks are still kind of in power at the time. Yeah, to really understand what was the political situation in in the time of Jesus. But Dr. Morrow, you mentioned so the, the Levites are are kind of the leaders in this time. You, you yeah. mentioned the Edomites. Um, where are the leaders in the tribe of Judah during this time? They are not, because nobody knows. So after the time of Daniel, you, in the, in the Babylon exile, it appears that the Babylonians had wiped out all of the Jewish people. Hmm. Right? So we had talked about First and Second Chronicles earlier as one book, as Chronicles for Jews, which ends the, the way the Jewish Bible, kind of how they organize the same Old Testament text. It begins with a, with a genealogy focusing on David, and so I think it's not coincidental that the Gospel of Matthew begins with the genealogy yeah. And that shows to the world after the time of the Maccabees that guess what? There is a legitimate heir to the throne of Judah. Judah has not been completely wiped out by the Babylonian exile. And so I think that's the key is the Jew the, the tribes of Judah, the tribe of Judah did not seem to have an heir. And Matthew shows that it in fact did. Yeah, absolutely. So as we are reading through the first book of Maccabees, Dr. Morrow, what what things would you encourage us to keep in mind? Well, I would say two things. The first is the importance of the places of worship and, and of, of worship. The point of the temple is not the temple, but God, and really us and our relationship with God. So all this violence that we're seeing there is really ordered to a deeper spiritual end. And I would say also, in a kind of a flipping it over, that the political liberation that they give in Maccabees, just for a short period of time, 
isn't ultimately what God is about. What he's about is a more spiritual transformation that we see with the coming of Christ. And so any kind of violent overthrow, well-intentioned, good as the Maccabee revolt was, is only going to be partial and provisional. Ultimately, what we, what we need is the conversion of heart that Jesus inaugurates and, and gives us the ability to participate in through the sacraments. So beautifully put. We've been talking to Dr. Jeffrey Morrow. You can find A Catholic Guide to the Old Testament linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Again, that's at ascensionpress.com slash Old Testament. Really appreciate this conversation, Dr. Morrow. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. All right, that'll do it for this Tuesday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on our patronal feast day for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, Feast of St. Albert the Great. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Ryan Lopez here. What do you think we need more of in our world? It's obvious that we need Sacred Heart Catholic Radio and more of it. That is why we have recently expanded to seven different media platforms. On December 6th, we invite you to join us in our Advent Pledge Drive as we look to raise $60,000. Your pledge of $10, $20, $50 a month will ensure that we can illuminate the darkness of the world with the light of Christ. So we invite you to join our mission December 6th. Or you can visit sacredheartradio.com today and click donate. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Wimberg Landscaping, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has been beautifying properties for over 40 years. Wimberg offers professional one-stop landscaping services from initial design and installation of all plant materials and hardscapes to ongoing maintenance, including lawn service, leaf and snow removal. Wimberg Landscaping, 513-271-2332 or on the web at wimberglandscaping.com. That's wimberglandscaping.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Gate of Heaven Cemetery, serving the Archdiocese of Cincinnati for 76 years. They extend their heartfelt thanks to the community for entrusting Gate of Heaven to assist them during their time of sorrow. Share the gift of gratitude with your loved ones this Thanksgiving by attending a pre-planning seminar November 21st at 11 a.m., 2 p.m., or 6 p.m. More information at 513-489-0300 or email community at gateofheaven.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families. Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. This is Archbishop Dennis Schnur from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more.